Hello again, and welcome to the master's voice. I am celestial and you are welcome to this channel. I continue with the previous prophecy that is called the end of the way of the wicked. And in these prophecies that the Lord has started to bring through, he is saying that he will shake the foundation of secrets. He will shake the foundation of unrighteousness. He will no longer regard iniquity with the sacred offering. He will no longer allow people who are defiled in private to continue to stand in offices of public authority, offices where they receive um, public trust when they are not not trustworthy. And he says that this is across entertainment, sport, religion, financial institutions, anything that you can think of politics, it is going to come out. It is going to be um, exposed. It is going to be shock and awe. And this will be the hand of the Lord working. He says, prepare the way of the Lord because whatever is being done in darkness must come out. So where I had stopped is that God was remonstrating with people who have come to take ministry offices and ministry positions, and he has not given it to them. He was saying that he, Yah alone, is the one who gives gifts to the body, meaning not, not the spiritual gifts, not the gifts of healing or the gifts of prayer or gifts of interpreting a tongue or speaking in a tongue or things like that, or even the gift of prophecy. There is a gift of prophecy that operates at the unction of the spirit operating in whom God wills for a reason, a specific time and season. However, the prophecy gift is different from the gift itself. The person who is sent as a prophet in the earth, raised up by God, specially trained to hold and carry and steward the Lord's words, speaking to things present, things past, things future, speaking forth things just like that, as the spirit of the Lord is coming up in them, this is a gift, the same as the, as the apostle or the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher is a gift. And so the Lord was saying that he has put these people in the earth. And if he has not called someone as a minister to minister as a true gift, that person cannot approach him. So that person cannot say, I too am a dreamer of dreams and I'm just going to come and minister. You're free to share your dreams, but you have to be honest and just say, God gave me these dreams. Because God says, I'm against the prophets who prophesy. They run, but I have not sent them. These are people who are going to find the rug yanked from under their feet. And it's going to happen from the very highest levels all the way down to the people who just have 40 people on their channel, but are doing that. So, um... He says, you cannot mock God and live, and you cannot escape the fiery hands of the ever-living God. God says that if you are hearing the words of these prophecies and you repent, it may be that there is no fall for you. If you are hearing the words of these prophecies and you genuinely repent and recant of all the things that you have been perpetrating to people, he says that your fall will be measured. A measured fall is one where you're falling, but you've got a safety rope, you've got a harness, there's a, there's a catch net. It's not as bad. But he says, if you carry on feeding his sheep and giving, um, feeding them things that were never given to you to speak, so you're just filling people with lies. And I hope you heard in the first prophecy those you love lies, you have your favorite people, you keep going to them. And anytime they are mentioned, you are freaking out and throwing your toys. Understand that in the last days, you will get the shock of your life. 
you will find out that it was never about YouTube channel versus YouTube channel. It was about where were you sowing your spiritual currency? Where were you actually doing your spiritual banking? Many of you people out there, I'm telling you, and I'm not speaking just to the people who come here regularly. You've been coming here regularly by now. You should already have armor plating on your chest, some form of armor plating. Your, your armor should already start to get whole and sealed up. You should already have started to become edified, no matter the content, how uh, heavy the content of this channel is. I'm speaking to anyone who will find these videos long after I've left this space and I'm doing something else. The places you go to, your footprints are there. The things you have imbibed, the water that you have sipped and drunk from, it's defiled and you have defilement in you. And it's not just a question of, okay, I've heard the word of the Lord and I'm going to stop. You need to go through not only repentance to say sorry to God that you loved going and visiting with liars and false prophets and false teachers and the sensational this and that. You will also need to go through a time of purging if you eat down rotten food, saying sorry to God doesn't automatically cause you to regurgitate the rotten food. These lies and things that you have picked up, that angels are coming to pick you up in spaceships, that you are going to South Africa in the Exodus. So what South Africa has decided is that South Africans over there, I'm sure that they are just praying that a bunch of Confused people are just going to show up on their borders and say, we're here for the second exodus because Carrie Ann told us this is where it's happening. You're a Christian in the last day. Somebody is telling you that angels and ships are coming to get you. And somehow this lines up with theological truth and wise counsel. And you're okay with it. Yes, yes, you're, you're ready to do that. We're just going to land at the South African border. And then they're just going to process all of you in there to the Jim Jones Island of final destruction. Is this so? Let us continue. You cannot mock God and live. Stephen Furtick and Bethel Church, you are the kind I'm talking to. You will have a great and a public fall. The Bible speaks of a byword and a hissing. This means you will become an object of shock, scorn, and ridicule. And that is what I will make you because you have entered my holy temple and tried to burn incense when no one calls you to do this, this is my judgment. It will come to you, Stephen Furtick. It will come to you, Bill Johnson, of the multiple books that say nothing. And it will come to all like you. Prepare the way of the Lord. That is what it means in the end times. Judgment is swift. God says that young people, you will continue with the drinking, even though you keep hearing preaching to stop drinking, stop vaping, stop shooting up veins. The Lord has given you this beautiful temple and you decide that you will use the hallways of the temple, the vein, to fill it with things. And you will use the doorway of the temple to smoke it with things. And he says that one day you're going to get into a car in that state and get on the highway and less than 15 minutes later, state troopers will be there. And then two hours later at the house of your parents with the hat off going, ma'am, are you the mother of so-and-so? That is what it means in the end times. Judgment falls swiftly. That is what it means in the end times. Judgment will not be stretched out and delayed anymore. Forgiveness will still be on the table. 
It's just that in the end times, Satan will move so fast that you won't be able to get the words out fast enough. Forgive me, Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And so you will exit this life by the doorway of the goats. And it will be a terrible pity for you and for your family as well. The Lord also says that as for the wickedness of the wicked, the wicked will not fall because of his previous wickedness. If he decides to make a complete U-turn and leave the doorway of the goats and run over to the doorway of the sheep. So the Lord says he, the wicked will not fall because of his previous wickedness. So this is you with the six girlfriends and the 17 dating apps. And all you're doing is checking those dating apps. The way a man checks his traps for fish. Have I matched with anyone because I need to have sex with a new girl today? Okay. I'm going to try and talk to this one because she always is free. She always says, yes. If you as a man will turn away from that life, consecrate yourself to the Lord, repent of this wild sexual immorality of this lifestyle of being a man who likes men, a, a woman who likes woman. God says, if you will turn away from these things, he's not going to pay one bit of attention to your past. So if you're out there getting the breast hormone therapy and your man and you want to be called crystal, God says that you can stop at any time, not crystal, and you can go back to being Hank and he will receive you. He said that he will not pay any attention to previous acts. If you stop and turn from unrighteousness to righteousness for him, it is water under the bridge. So don't worry about people who say, wait, weren't you crystal? Don't worry about what they will say. Don't worry about what the past was like. The Lord is the one who gives you the new identity in him. His promises are written in the blood of Jesus. And he says that he will not remember any previous activity. He will receive you. But then it's so funny. This verse, verse 12 ends by saying righteous people, you will not live just because you were righteous in the day that you sin, you will not be able to live just because you were previously righteous. So notice he speaks to the righteous at the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse, and he only speaks to the wicked once, which just goes to show how long God bears with his church. But after he has spoken and warned, he will not continue on. My spirit will no longer strive or my spirit will not always strive with men. Meaning I, God will no longer go back and forth with you arguing. When I say that a Bishop has raped a child and then you want to say not our Bishop, he could never, God says it is an abomination that these pastors are defiling and turning out these young children and you, the church. You sit there, you look at a pedophile victim and you look at the pedophile and you decide, I'll take the pedophile for 200 Joel. I'm going to back up the pedophile. I'll take door number two for 500. It is a shame to you. So these leaders, these leaders are attempting to represent righteousness and you sit before them, 
They're not preaching holiness. They're not preaching sanctification. They're not telling the churches that there is penalties such as being righteous and stopping the righteousness and beginning to walk in the way of sin can bring a sudden swift judgment upon you. And you gather around them. I don't know why this word, the word is lymphocytes. This is the word that is coming to me, lymphocytes. Uh, and I think a lymphocyte is a white blood cell. So you gather around them like white blood cells. And what, what a lymphocyte, its natural job is when a virus ent enters the body, if there are doctors out there and I'm using a lymphocyte wrongly, please do not um, crucify me in the comments. But this is the word that is coming to me, lymphocyte. I will look it up later and see. But what I know is that white blood cells have a job. I'm going to cut this video and put it there put it separately. God is telling me, continue in this vein, my daughter, continue in this vein. So I'm going to continue in this vein because this is something that God has been expressing to me for a very long time, showing me, Celestial, do you see how rotten the church is? Do you actually see how corrupt the church is? Do you see how much when I tell you, God tells me things and I will listen to him and be thinking in my heart, Lord, I can't say that you're not telling the truth. It's just that I wish this, Lord, and I wish that for them, and I pray this for them, and God would always tell me, you are pouring out wine upon rocks. You don't understand that they have sin in their hearts, and that is why they rush to cover sin. For how can a naked man not want to run and cover the nakedness of another? Imagine God saying that the end times church that is supposed to be rising up to defend the cause of the lost, the broken, the weak, the widow, the orphan. And now I also have to add those in the sex industry flop houses. Now I have to ask, add those in the underground bunkers that are dying in the midst of experiments. And now I have to add the, the Hispanic women who are getting punched in the eye when they steal them from Mexico and they bring them here to be forced to be sold on human trafficking websites and raped to death. The redheaded girl I saw raped by more than one man in her town. And then the white pickup truck took her to the water and threw her in so that all the semen and all the fingerprints and everything could just pickle off her body. And then they pull her out and just say another cold case file, another cold case file. God is going to deal with the cold case files in this prophecy. And then after the prophecy comes out, he will deal with them in real life. It will not be cold case file. It will become all warmed up files. He will find them says, how can they not defend sinners, celestial? Aren't they sinners themselves? Real Christians be warned. You are a dying breed. And these false prophets are lying to you that, oh, we're so many that the church of Jesus Christ is so vibrant and alive. It's a dead and a dying root. And Jesus has a very sharp knife, the knife they use to cut fruit. And he's going to shave off all the dead dying parts and then you're going to see that we are this little stick. Excuse the noise. How can they not rush to cover this sin? How can they not rush to cover the nakedness of these predator pastors? They're full of sin themselves. They're full of compromise themselves. Real church, 
You are a rare and a dying breed. You that are willing to pay the price. You that are willing to be the only one at the family table who says this LGJGJ is not right. And everybody hates you. And sometimes they tell you with their mouth, we hate you. That is demonic spirits inside expressing their hatred of the presence of Christ at the table. Jesus was never welcome at a single Pharisee table. And I don't know why many of you keep expecting to be welcome in the midst of the sinners. When you say that something is not right, you are rejected. The sinners do not want to have sin uncovered because subconsciously, not even in their conscious minds, subconsciously in the belly, they know when Jesus comes and exposes the sin of the apostles and the prophets and the pastors, the next person's sin he's going after is mine. They don't want to see the bishop fall because after the bishop falls, it's them. After the bishop and the pastor and, and the reverend, uh, 17 different titles goes down, the next person that the finger of God is going to point to is this righteous who is actually not righteous at all, but a transgressor and a breaker of the law. They don't want the high buildings to fall because they know after high buildings fall, the demons that are controlling them and speaking out of them knows when the tall buildings fall, it's the little hut that's going to get crushed next by Jesus. So that is why we are in the situation that we are in, where the righteous will defend the sinner, uphold the sinner, beg for one more chance. We're all human, they will say. I've always said this is a curious saying. Was the gospel given to turtles? Wasn't the gospel given to humans? So if the gospel was given to humans, then why are other humans by the spirit walking after this gospel given to humans and then other humans by another spirit refuse to honor this gospel? We're all humans in the gospel, yes. So why do some humans constantly defend sin? This is a question that God has been asking me. Let me bring the question out what is the sickness in the church that, that gathers around? I was talking about lymphocytes, whatever they may be, but I will just go with what I know, which are the white blood cells. When the white blood cells see a virus, the, the job of the white blood cells to quickly surround that virus and then blast it with their little blasty rays, whatever that virus will be, and get it out of the body because it is a harm to the body. And should that virus be allowed to multiply, the body will visibly sicken. And if that virus is bad enough, the body will visibly wither and then pass away. But we have a tragedy of the white blood cells. The white blood cells are now surrounding the virus and going, happy birthday to you, virus. Please grow big and strong, virus. Please multiply each day until we pass away. The white blood cells are protecting the virus in the church of Jesus Christ. The white blood cells are saying, don't, don't talk about the virus and stop exposing the virus. You don't know the virus like we do. The white blood cells have failed in their commission to Christ, who the, Bob, the Bible says is the head. Christ is just fine 
his body is so sick and passing away. And that is why church and bride are not the same. The church is this sick body and Jesus is just going to unzip her like these suits that the actors wear so that the bride can come out of her and be separate. Ezekiel chapter 33, if you have not read it, I strongly advise you, unless you are somebody who hates the truth, I strongly advise you to read Ezekiel 33. I will do the prophecy momentarily, separately in its own video. God bless seduction deception and it enters the mind and the heart of all who listen to it and you are taken captive into a nest of lies lies take heed that no man deceive you this is what jesus says this generation is as deceived as it can get and now it is only awaiting the finishing touches of wickedness for destruction come out from among them and be separate separate from them separate from these gatherings of iniquity why should you die my children why should you lose your life why should you perish why should you pass away my goodness my goodness we must love truth we must earnestly seek for the truth. If the wicked ones can preserve their lies like diamonds and rubies, then we must seek the Lord's pearls of wisdom so that we can be saved, so that we can be protected. Whoever exalts himself above the law of God, God is saying you will not, you will not stand. God is saying he will cut you off at the roots he will rip you up out of the earth you of the false beliefs you of the false churches false churches will fall a great fall the lord says great was the fall of the house that was not built upon the rock many of the houses of worship have become swamps swamps and he said the people are dying sinking into the mud in these swamps and still they will not separate from the house of the deceiver some of these pastors have become so rich he says trafficking in lies and the people consent to the lies and the people preserve the lies carefully and pass it on to their children Imagine this, God is showing me a grandmother, a mother, and a young woman of about 18 or 19 years, three generation of deceived Christians in the same house. Three generations of deceived Christian women in the same house, they have been listening to the same pastor. And that man is Joel Austin. Finally, the Lord is condemning this man finally the lord is exposing this man this man that i was told to never speak of this man because of how much god honored john austin for the sake of john austin i was told not to speak against joel austin but finally i am being shown a gray-haired grandmother a mother and her daughter deceived for three generations in lakewood church god says it is a lake of lies and to those who continue in that church it will become for you your cornerstone the lake of fire unless you depart from these false houses 
T.D. Jakes is a Freemason. God says this man is part of the Masonic Brotherhood. He has taken oaths to uphold that particular belief system and he is serving something that we know as the Baphomet the goat god that points above and below the goat god that has a male private part and also carries breasts god says it is is it not deception to say that male and female can dwell in the same body what deception is this can male and female dwell in one entity is this not perversion can you be a man and a woman at the same time it is impossible i have never designed that it is an anomaly it is an error td jakes is a freemason and he has been deceiving people for more than 30 years god says he is a trickster he is a jester he is a magician he does sleight of hand, magic tricks, smooth movements to deceive those who do not know how to distinguish between light and dark. Ah, my people, you perish, you perish before my eyes day and night. You are taken captive by the evil wolves I warned you about, evil men who would creep in among you in the last days, teaching the doctrines of de demons teaching the doctrines of devils and the traditions of men as if they were canon and because you have no sound foundation in you you do not even know the difference you cannot distinguish between the fowler who has laid a net a snare for your soul and the true word of submission that comes from faith as it is established in the cornerstones of the gospel. You don't know the difference between the poison cheese and the good cheese. And so you pass away. You pass away like little flowers before my eyes. You have no long life expectancy because you are complicit in your own destruction. My people perish for lack of knowledge. My people are passing away and they would have it so this is an old way of saying they like it like that marcus rogers complicit a mason a liar a deceiver a very new initiate and convert into the freemasons and the illuminati very newly minted this man has not been with them for a long time he is one of their newest poster boys he finally caught their attention and that's how they brought him in and watch how they will resist the truth watch how they will say oh no he taught us good he helped me come out of a deep situation and god says is this not the function of the garden of good and evil is this not the function of the tree of deception to feed you evil and show you its good side even a stopped clock is right twice a day Many of these pastors are complicit in this thing called Illuminati. Many of them. Stephen Furtick is one of them. He is one of them. He is also a new initiate and convert. When they start up these young men, it is their desire to be noticed. They want to be famous. 
And nothing gets you more famous than the gospel. Nothing gets you more attention. Marcus Rogers is a liar. God says that he lines the plate of the gospel with rat poison and how the little rats are feasting in their thousands and their tens of thousands. How the little rats surround the plate and eat, 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 and they crawl away to their houses and they do not know that they are perishing. God says charisma will kill the Christian church in America. Charisma will kill you. All you need is somebody who is attractive enough, who uses enough Bible verses, and you never ask the Holy Spirit one day, who is this man? Who is this woman? God revealed this person to me. God says there is a wicked underbelly. And the gospel singers and the gospel teachers and the pastors and the forerunners of the gospel who built up Christianity in the last 20 to 30 years, God says they have almost all sold out to the Baphomet. These are Baphomet pastors. God says if you could see them in their robes, if you could see them when they go to take their vows, you would vomit. You would vomit if you could see them when they gather as I am seeing them. Black robes, red robes, hoods they wear, gold robes, how they dress up. God says if you saw them when they came off the pulpit and they go to what is called midnight mass, church, you would vomit if you saw who is feeding you. They give you feces. That's what you're eating church of Jesus Christ. You eat waste. They prepare for you a plate of feces and then they lace it with gospel verses and you snack on these things morning, noon, and night. And God says that is what Daniel was told. In the time of the end, the Bible says, knowledge will increase and men will run to and fro. And God says, don't you know that the place you run to and fro is called the information highway? Yes, your little internet is what is killing you. Your little world wide web, you run to and fro from one website to the other, from one video to the other. And he says, you are feasting on feces and waste. You have not eaten the truth of God's word in a long time. And that is why when you taste it, you spit it out and you reject it. You say it's too harsh. You say it's not loving because you are used to the taste of feces. You don't even know what real food tastes like. And I see a type of Christian who is making a face. No, thank you. No, thank you. This Christian has stuck out their hand. No, thank you. That Christian does not want to participate in these things. That Christian does not like the taste of deception. That Christian is discerning, very discerning. God says high discernment saves the life of the believer. But my people, you do not even have low discernment. But I see this group of people who refuse to partake of the witch's feast. They do not sit at the table of the doctrines of demons and devils. They know they are supposed to participate in God's word alone. They love the taste of God's word these people have iron jaws. No matter how tough the scripture, no matter how tough the message, they can take it. They chew it. And he says that they are becoming very robust in themselves. This is the iron church. And I will share with you, Selfer, the vision of the iron church that I saw when I was just a young woman. 
I saw that God directed me and a few other people that he had selected and he pointed out to a, ch a church to us and he told us go to that church and remove the roof and I was thinking how are we supposed to take off a whole roof God off of a church building but we went we were giving some kind of very great agility in the spirit and we were able to crawl up to the roof of that church without ropes I saw that we did not have ropes. I saw that we did not have any kind of body harness. I saw that we did not have grappling hooks, but we were able to directly crawl on the walls of the building. And a few of us, just four or five, we went to the top of this building and we began to lift and God gave us such great strength. And we removed the roof of that building and we looked inside. And what we saw were many people at a church service many people and they were singing the usual church songs and all of a sudden fire began to fall on those people and how those people were tormented by that fire fire fell from heaven from God himself upon those people gathered in that church and the fire burnt off all their flesh the fire burnt off all their flesh the fire burnt off all of their of their laziness the church is so lazy to even look up a Bible verse. They will ask you, can you put the Bible verse there for me? So lazy, so entitled. Fire hit them. They began to go through personal problems. They began to go through trials. They began to go through crushing fire, liquid fire burning them up. And what I saw is that after a while, all their flesh was burned away. And what was left were these powerful iron skeletons, metal skeletons. These people were refined by God through suffering. I saw all those years back then that the time would come where God would refine the church through pain. They run away from pain. Each one thinks his pain is so special, so different. He's the only person, she's the only person this has ever happened to. And the Bible says, do not think it's strange when you go through various trials. That means everybody has pain and many people have gone through the exact thing that you grew, you went through. And that doesn't mean that the pain is not real. What it means is because you should know that other people have suffered as you have, that means that it is widespread and that means that there is a solution for it. And that solution is the word of God. That solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. I saw that the time for people thinking that their pain was everything under the sun, it passed by because a new era of pain came that snapped them out of it like that. They were forced to stop crying and to stop looking for solutions in the word of God. They were forced to stop murmuring and begin instead to chew the scripture until their jaws became iron. And as I watched Fire fell on those people until their flesh, their emotions. I feel like this. I feel like God is not speaking to me. They got over that and they became an iron church because the age that is coming is an iron age and whoever will not adapt, surely you will be taken away. An iron people is required for the iron kingdom. Because iron will meet iron. Iron can sharpen iron and the sparks will fly. But whoever remains as clay, you will be trampled by the beast.
you will be trampled by the beast. You must come out of the midst of these deceivers. God says that these pastors, these so-called social media influencers, you young women that are on Instagram, you are sitting in the company of properly initiated witches. Did you know that? Did you know that your so-called favorite marriage channel, Christian marriage channel that you're following, did you know that those people are witches? Did you know that these young women giving so much spiritual advice, do you know that they are initiated witches? You are a church under craft. I need to put that prophecy on the blog. A church under craft, God says. This means a church that is completely taken by wizards, warlocks, witches, conjurers, people who are playing tricks in front of your eyes and you cannot perceive the slight of hand. Slight of hand means to move your hand so quickly in a deception that the person can't see it. They can't see how you're doing it. And so they literally think that what you are doing is real. Come out of them. Come out of them and be separate. Imagine that. Imagine this being the last days and you are being taught by an Illuminati warlock because he is handsome. He has fooled you. He has given over his allegiance to the beast, to Satan, Lucifer, light bringer, deceiver, appearing as an angel of light and eating up your soul at night, munching on you in your sleep and you wake up feeling, I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm so tired because someone is drinking your spiritual energy at night. And that's because you tune in every time they have a broadcast. You are their food. You don't know. They feed on you. They sell you in the spirit realm like currency. I see people exchanging people as currency. The way you exchange money for goods. They exchange their followers in the spirit realm for more power, for more influence, for more fame, for more money. You are their foundation stones. It's you that they are selling to the devil in exchange for earthly pleasures, God says, to climb the ladder to get the Baphomet's reward. Is it even worth it? What does it matter that you lose your life here on earth and then you die and you lose it again? Don't make wrong choices. God is saying, do not make wrong choices. You only have one soul. If you trade it in the wrong kingdom, you can't get it back. Is it really worth it to defend your favorites when they do not favor you? Do you really think that the sum of your life is to defend your favorite pastor, your favorite gospel singer who has signed about 20 deals with a demon so that she can sell records, so that she can become more famous? She wants to win Dove Awards, God is saying, and she paid for those awards with you, with you. And you want to defend her. It's not true. Where's the proof? Won't you die? Won't you die when she gets ready to make bigger and bigger sacrifices? Won't you pass away? Because you don't have the wisdom to separate from evil when you hear the word of truth coming from an unpolluted source 
You want to question and argue and point holes in the argument until suddenly God says, God says judgment will hit this earth so suddenly that people will be taken aback. God says people are going to be surprised by the things he will do. I will rock this earth to the foundation stones and many will be taken away. Suddenly it is possible to lose your life. Suddenly I hear the the spirit of the Lord saying suddenly like that you can go from living to not living like that like that no chance to repent no chance to cry out have mercy on me O Lord God says that people do not even have the wisdom of the thief on the cross God says a man knows when he's dying he knows when the seconds of his life are nearly up and that man chose to use his precious remaining minutes to repent to admit that the choices he made in his life were wrong to admit that he had no discernment unless he would have gone a different way and he turned to the Lord and he said please please sir remember me Remember me when you come into your kingdom. God says this generation will not even be given the opportunity. In many cases, you will be taken out like you won't even be able to open your mouth to start the sentence to say, God, please, like the thief on the cross. That's how urgent the time frame is now. The blades of death are whipping in the earth. And still, men will not separate from these killing fields. They continue to defend their murderers until they die for real. This is too much for me. This kind of stubbornness, this is too much for me. God, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Disturbances. Disturbances. Disturbances coming to a person's soul. Disturbances coming to a person's mind. God says some of you will be so troubled. You will be troubled until you repent. I will trouble you until your stubbornness breaks down. I will trouble you. You will get no peace. You will get no rest. Your mind will be troubled until you give up your own way and bow your knee to me. I have been calling you. I have been calling you. I have been warning you. I have been telling you to stop sleeping around. I have been telling you to stop using substances. I have been telling you that porn will destroy you. It will trigger lusts in you that you cannot control until you put your hand on someone you should not have touched and you will pay the penalty that men receive for rape. You will pay the penalty that men receive for pedophilia. The porn will trigger appetites in you that are demon controlled and those demons are stronger than you. They will push you until you commit crimes that carry 30 to 40 year sentences and you will spend the rest of your life in man's jail because you would not listen to God's voice when he was calling you to come away from the fences. This is the judgment of God. Whosoever will not hear, you will receive the penalty of error in the body if you will not repent 
If you will not listen to me, if you will not respect me, if you will not honor my word in your midst, if you will not honor my voice when I send my spirit to you, my messengers to you, you will pay the price in full. This is the word of the Lord. This is the voice of the Lord in the earth today, speaking to a church that is dead and claiming that it is alive. Wake up, O sleeper. The time is far spent to sit on the fence. You cannot serve two masters. Come now into the house of God and live or stay outside underneath these boulders that are coming from the spirit. (laughs) People will learn some hard lessons the hard way. It is one thing to be proud. It is one thing to be proud, but imagine being proud in the era of judgment. How unwise are you? (laughs) How unwise are you, people of God? I will stop the call here at this time. May the Lord receive glory for his word. I exalt you, Abba. I worship you. I adore you. You are God alone. No competition. You have no competition. There is no one with you. God alone forever. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. You're constantly teaching people who despise me and despise my word. And this is what I said in the beginning of the video, that God says he will take away his word because people actually hate the true word of prophecy. They hate the true word of evangelism. They hate the true teachings of biblical principles by good pastors who are challenging them to come out of the pig trough, clean themselves, and begin to eat at the table with a knife and fork as the Lord wants. So he says, don't listen to them because they're teaching you worthlessness and they're promising you false things. And they're actually making you more stubborn in your mind and your heart by telling you that nothing bad will happen to you if you continue following after the way they're showing you. And so very early this morning, definitely pre-dawn, God started to speak to me about certain people. And in some cases, he just gave a single sentence. I had to then go and do a little bit of work before, a little bit of research before I could understand what God was saying and why he was saying this. God wants us to mark the false ones among us and to depart from them. Should you hear these people's names and you decide you don't want to depart, that's your choice. But God says that deception is nearly impossible to diagnose in some cases. So deception cannot occur between two things that look opposite. You cannot be deceived by the color of my prayer shawl and the color of my shirt, even A child knows the difference. Deception only takes place where two things are not easy to tell apart. Deception occurs when two things look and sound so alike that you cannot discern between them without spiritual help. False will mix with the true, just like yeast mixes with bread and puffs up the bread. As yeast makes dough rise, It weakens the bread and puffs it up. Yeast is leaven, and spiritual leaven will kill the true faith of Jesus Christ in a person. So if you're somebody who loves leaven, then you're going to rise 
You're constantly going to be this happy Christian who, when others are telling you that judgments are coming, you're going to say things like, God will never do that. You're going to say, God will make a way. You will say, not my Jesus. And that's because you're flying high on these mountain heights of glory and false joy and expectation that any minute God is going to come and pull you out of the world and take you to a place of wonderful promise. But it is because these false workers, prophets, pastors, and teachers have flooded the church of Jesus Christ and started to teach people how how to follow after the gospel of another Jesus. And Apostle Paul said, he warned about this, and he said, if anyone comes to preach to you another Jesus other than the Jesus we have taught, so the Jesus of Paul is the Jesus that requires us to endure until the end. The Jesus of Paul is the one who motivated Paul to say that we who are alive and remain, pointing to a time period where some people are not going to be alive and remaining and others are still going to be favored by God or chosen by God to hold on. That's Paul's Jesus. But the Jesus of today is constantly promising wonderful things. And those wonderful things come out of the false prophets because of the false desires that are in the hearts of people. So when you are stuck in a certain doctrine and it's in your heart, the person you love the most is the person who puts on the video and records messages that exactly speak to that desire in your heart. You won't like the person who constantly goes against what your desire is. And so you look online seeking for those who confirm your existing bias. But the Lord says that these people are enticed and led astray by their own desires because they have no love of the truth. Now, in Bible times, God didn't tolerate falsehood in prophets or the people. God will not overlook false prophecy or spare the ones who love it or the ones who do it. There was always judgment in the Bible, such as Elijah's fiery showdown with the 450 prophets of Baal. But in today's world, the false prophets are fully reaping the benefits of a deceived and automated social media world. You can sit at home and say literally anything and say, Jesus told you. And because people have no discernment and because they do not know how to test the spirits, Whatever they hear that confirms the bias within them is taken as the true word of God. And so here are these people. Some of them have become corrupted over time. They were true ministers of God. They were called, but then fame, money, applause, and the need for affirmation has made them forget who called them. Also the lust for spiritual power. And I spoke about this kind of spiritual power in the first video, talking about how pastors go to various realms and dimensions of the spirit realm to consort with entities, demons, creatures. All of them, of course, are just different ranks under the overlord, Satan himself. They do this for underworld power that does not come from God, and it makes them turn their back on God, and they fall away to what the Bible calls perdition. Perdition is a state where when you enter into it, there's no coming back from it for you. You're stuck there, and you're going to end up getting the judgment from it. And the Lord was showing me that some of these people, they cross over fully to the dark side, so they don't want to have anything to do with Christianity anymore. But a lot of them are kept in the Christian space by the devil because they are such good 
tares. They weaken the church by teaching a watered-down gospel. Some of them are openly or hiddenly in witchcraft, and the church cannot discern it at all. And so they're working on earth, but the Lord says that in office, these original ones have all in heaven, these ones have already been stripped of office, and they are simply trading on a famous name. But many others are brand new mushrooms. So they're shiny new pennies that have just popped up in the last five to 10 years because of social media, which makes it easy to do so. The first word that the Lord said is Merle Haggard is a false teacher. He is not a Christian. So when I first heard this Merle thing, I thought that it was a woman. I thought it was a woman. And in the written prophecy, please read it. I will link it below. In the written prophecy, I have shared the process of everything that I heard and how I, how I understood what the Lord gave me and how I'm bringing it out. So when the Lord said Merle, I thought, isn't Merle a woman's name? And I left it because I had to write down everything that he said. But afterwards, I went and I looked up Merle Haggard and I found that Merle Haggard was a man, a country Western singer who came from a very tough background. He sang a lot about a wild lifestyle, about getting tough breaks, about liquor and women and things like that. And I truly wondered as I was reading different articles quickly about this man's life, what a country Western singer had to do with false teaching. But after much looking, I began to find that near the end of Mr. Haggard's life, he got cancer and he began to add God more and more and more into his conversations. He seemed to be softening towards Christianity. But the Lord said to me that this man was not saved. He says, America loves a convert, even if the person doesn't actually get born again and convert. So the religious community of America welcomed this man into the gospel circuit simply because he would use the word God here and there. And he began to go around to churches to give concerts, and he was constantly being pushed as a converted son, a person who was born again. All this man's songs basically said along the line of, I want to be good, but really I keep choosing the bad. But he was put forward, him and his songs, as part of the We All Need a Little Grace school of evangelism. And the Lord says that this man did not die in the faith. And that is all. The next thing he said is Jesse Duplantis is a comedian. Such people have been installed to distract the body of Christ from my requirements of holiness, godliness, and righteous instruction in the ways of God. Without these things, no one will see God. People are kept comfortable and familiar right up to the day of their death in such churches, and after which they will rise to face a judgment that they are not prepared for. So Jesse Duplantis is a comedian, and God says that this type of person is deliberately planted in the body of Christ to distract people from requirements of holiness and righteousness. And without holiness and righteousness, it's impossible to see God simply because if you do not actually get taught the truth of God's way, how to approach God and walk in his way, there's no way that you're going to die and rise to a well done, my good and faithful servant um, outcome from Jesus. And so the next person that the Lord said is Rick Warren runs a multi-million dollar corporation. It is not a church. 
It is a business. And while he accounts for its profits here on earth, he will account for millions of souls lost in the judgment. So um, I think I won't exactly say the exact scripture because it doesn't come easily to mind, but there's the Bible says that, um, yes, to whom much is given, much is required, something like that. So if God gives you a very big platform in this life, God calls you to the ministry, God saves you, you start off well, you're running, you're running, you're running with all your strength, you're preaching the gospel, you're rebuking where you need to rebuke, you're edifying where you need to edify, you're building up where you need to build up. And God allows you to grow to these monstrous proportions that a lot of American churches have now reached over a 20 to 30 year period. And you turn the church into a business. It's all about keeping the seats full. It's all about making sure that the materials get printed on time, that, that large amounts of books and CDs and stuff is being sold. And yet the gospel is lost in it. God says that this type of person as Mr. Mr. Wick Warren is accounting for profits here on earth, but he will account for the millions of souls that he potentially could have won and planted good, solid trees in the earth. He will account for those souls in the judgment. So remember, this is false people, but their judgment is not that they're going to be struck, not that they're going to die like the other ones God mentioned. The next person that the Lord spoke of is this. He said, Kenneth Copeland is a false apostate. That is all God said. So the rest is me then adding and teaching what apostasy is so that if somebody, somebody doesn't understand it, they can understand it. An apostate is someone who has been fully trained in God's laws, God's ways. Please listen, most importantly, who God is. So God is not his laws and God is not his ways. God is a person. But an apostate is someone who is trained in all three key aspects of our father, his laws, his ways, and who he is. An apostate can never be a weak Christian, backsliding Christian, a baby believer. So if you're having struggles in your faith, God is not calling you apostate. You're simply backsliding or struggling. Baby Christians, weak Christians, backsliding Christians are people who don't even have the full knowledge of God yet enough to establish their faith. They're still struggling to establish their faith and to be seen as a mature believer. An apostate is always someone who is a fully matured believer with full understanding of God's laws, God's ways, and who God is. Someone who has been fully introduced to God. They've seen his miracles and his hand at work. They've sat directly hearing from the Lord who he is and what he's about. Then they turn around at some point and they begin to deny God in their actions, their words, and their lifestyle. So apostates are people who have met God and been with God for a while. The proof of God has been seen in their life and the fruit that comes from these people has once been tasty, good, and true. But then they begin to pursue words, actions, lifestyle that deny God. Some of them even go so far as to say, there is no God, but others stay in their sheepskin because it gives them an opportunity to sharpen their teeth on the sheep. The Bible says that it is impossible to bring such people back from this fallen state. They will stay that way until they die and until they get judged. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and who have tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit they have tasted that good word of God 
and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and they put him to an open shame. In other words, it's impossible for somebody who personally knew God, God enlightened you, he revealed himself to you, God opened up his chest. I'm sure many of you have heard me say that, that God can be vulnerable to us and open up his chest and show us what is really going on in his heart, in his mind, the things that he takes seriously. God does this with a person, and then what the person does is turn around and deny God by how they live. If you fall away, there's nothing you can do to make such people repent because to do that, to bring such people back means that you will have to crucify Jesus a second time and God will never allow that. The next name is this. Tony Evans is a brotherhood member, a false pastor representing another gospel skillfully woven into the real one. It is impossible to detect even if you know what to look for for he has been teaching the gospel too long to make mistakes. His children are not part of what he does. He crossed over alone. He is with the Masons. He wears the, and the sentence stopped there, and I saw a strange cross. It is a cross that looks like this. It has curvy sides, and I found the closest thing, I hope it will be visible, the closest thing that I could find was that, but the image that I saw was a metal, a, a metal pendant that he either has or wears as a symbol of his affiliation. Masons means Freemasons. The Lord says that this man is of the same order as T.D. Jakes. I have seen some of this man's messages. I have read some of his books and his name has never been shown to me by the Lord until this day that he is false. Therefore, understand that there is a level of falsehood that is not rooted in how this person teaches the word of God. You will not hear them stumbling in how they present the gospel message. The Lord is concerned and the Lord reveals these things because the roots of the teacher, pastor, preacher, prophet, apostle themselves is corrupted. So sometimes with God, his concern is not that there is fault with the material on the plate. There are a lot of false teachers. They're easy to catch out because they don't know A from B from Z. And you can just listen to two sermons and just know that this person is just having Wheaties and then talking about the Wheaties that he ate, but he's not rightly parsing the word of God. But there are people who put forward the word of God in a pristine fashion, but God is not concerned with what is on the plate. God is concerned with the person who is offering the plate. The next person is Jennifer LeClaire. Jennifer LeClaire is a witch, a full-on Satan-observing bibliophile. She has misled people with the books she writes because she pretends to be of the kingdom of God while promoting another gospel. She is loyal to the beast and not to the Lord Jesus Christ, serving another Jesus who is an actual entity they serve in the satanic kingdom. This other Jesus is either brown-haired or blonde-haired and is a physical entity that exists in the satanic kingdom. Please understand that to those of you who don't take your Bible seriously, you don't really read it, you don't really spend time with it, people in the satanic kingdom take the Bible so seriously because there's a ton of stuff that they can use 
from the Bible to raise up effigies in their kingdom that will have power. When Apostle Paul is talking about don't follow after another Jesus, trust and believe that there is an actual physical entity in the kingdom of the devil called another Jesus, a demonic entity and personage, a bibliophile. The word confused me when the Lord said it because I am one of those. It's a person who loves books, words, and the use of language. But God explained that by the love of books, words, and the use of phrases, which this woman is very good at, she has deceived the church. I've never read a book from this woman or heard a sermon or message, but I know that she is a prolific writer from checking up this morning. She is a prolific writer and has quite a few books on how to be a prophet, how to activate your prophecy, how to open your prophecy eye, who is a prophet, and things like that. Always remember that there are levels of deception. It is not always about what is being written in the books, but it is about who is writing the books. She is not a prophet ordained or called by Jesus Christ. Witchcraft is a means of spiritual power whereby by manipulating in the dark world. So this is works and deeds done in the dark world. People's minds can be controlled and be led to believe in whatever the one doing the witchcraft wants them to believe. Witchcraft is one of the most prevalent weapons being used by Satan inside the very walls of churches around the world today. Witchcraft, false teaching, and demonic music the unholy trinity that is causing the church to stumble and fall down in the last days. The next thing the Lord said is that California churches are largely corrupted. They promote what the Bible calls doctrines of demons instead of the true teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord says, repent, California, you as a whole, the whole state, or I will come and take your crown from you. Floods, earthquakes, and civil war in the streets will come to you because you abandoned the Lord your God and you continue to do wickedness. The next thing is this, Bill Johnson is a false prophet and has corrupted the entire body that serves with him. All of them are purveyors of truth mixed with lies. First word that you should note is that a purveyor is someone who's selling something. To purvey means to be a shopkeeper, a shop owner, and you have goods for sale. So God says that they're selling the truth mixed with lies. Bill Johnson is the founder and leader of the world famous Bethel Church in Redding, California. I have never heard a Bill Johnson message or read any of his books, but I am aware that there are plenty of them, especially on prophecy. This church also has a Bible school bringing up tons of young people who eat up every word that is said there and share it with other young people. It also has a lot of grown people sitting there and believing a lot of stuff that they should not. The root of it is corruption that destroys everything it touches. Think of the defiled plate. It's either the food is defiled itself or the server is defiled. The prophecy for today is called The End of the Way of the Wicked, September 1st, 2022. So I'm trying to get through, I still have prophecies all the way from June, July, August, but I am just going through the ones that are most important. 
And this one is called the end of the way of the wicked. And I received this word in the middle of one of our prayer calls. This was the first one of September month. And it was a very bitter word. It was a raw and explosive word that just came out. So we're praying and then all of a sudden this word came out live for over an hour. And uh, I had to basically leave everything else obviously that we had scheduled for that prayer. And it was just, it was just some raw and surging words of the Lord Jesus Christ coming out. And so God was saying in a very heavy way that there's going to be no more delay when it comes to sin. You sin, there's going to be a ricochet, a boomerang, like a rubber band snapping back in your face. You pull a rubber band and it snaps, it's coming right back at you. And he says that it will, it will be repayment and judgment for sin coming at a super, super fast rate. And so here is the word of the Lord. This is basically what came out. He was just speaking it forth and recorded it and wrote it down from the recording. The time is far spent for sitting on the fence. It is past the hour where people can go back and forth between a life of sin and a life of holiness. Holiness will no longer be mixed with sinfulness anymore. There is coming a sharp separation. I repeat, a sharp separation. And this is the nature of the separation. It will no longer just be the goats on the left, the sheep on the right. He said, no, there's more to it. Now the sheep are going to get their reward and the goats are going to get their judgment. Now the penalty that goats will face is eternal separation from the Lord God death and entry into the fiery judgment of the Lord and darkness. No longer will the penalty for wickedness, error, unbelief, and all manner of sin be held back. It will be performed quickly nowadays, sometimes almost instantly. There will be no more delays anymore. So if I can just give you some examples you, you tell a lie on someone that lie is going to be exposed in, in a, in a, in a, in a minimum of time and you will be fired for it. It's no longer going to be one of these cases of, well, you know, Janine, you shouldn't have d done this. And it's, a you try to defame, uh, your coworker. It will, it will be immediate termination at the job. You've decided that your husband is not exciting anymore. You're going to have an affair. That man you're having an affair with He's going to be recorded because you will not know that his wife has been suspecting him for some time of being a serial cheater. So you're going to get recorded and then she's going to be so hurt and angry that she uploads it to all her social media. And you don't know that this woman, the wife of this man is actually your husband's workmate. And that's how your husband is going to see through this woman, his workmates Facebook page, see you in the video. And that's going to be divorce, um, getting kicked out to go and live in a motel, no more access to your children as a cheater. That kind of thing is going to be having a ricochet effect. You're swiping your credit card on some of these websites. The FBI will be knocking at your door in seconds to make inquiry into your huge collection of child porn that you thought was private. God says that dirt is going to come out swiftly. Not only dirt, but judgment. Not only judgment, but scandal. Not only scandal, but shame 
falling from very high places, the Lord says, you will be brought down low. This is not written down. This is just coming to me now. You will be brought down low in an instant. You will be exposed in an instant. You will be put to shame. You will be put in jail. Some of you will go to jail, the Lord is saying, for the crimes that you have committed in the past and gotten away with, you thought that the case was cold. The case is not cold. I, Detective Jesus, I am on the case. I will reopen long, closed cases. I will reopen cases that have confused the police for decades. I will bring out the evidence. I will expose it all for now cometh my judgment swiftly as a sword. In fact, you will be taken away in your sin. Men, you commit adultery. You will die on top of that woman. I hear God saying you will breathe your last breath upon a breast that is not the breast of your youth. Did I not tell you to be faithful and to be tender and to be kind to the wife of your youth. Yet you let your fountains run in the streets. I say to you, you will breathe your last upon the breast, God says, of this strange woman. And everyone will hear that that is how you left this world. This is the Lord's word. Those who have an ear to hear, you can hear. Those who do not, may God help you. May the Father truly help you. And you're going to get the payment of what dense and stubborn people get, which is that you're going to be like a little fly in a trap. And all these things were things that God was speaking to me about since January the 5th, 2021, is that uh, people who love lies, people who want to be entertained by liars, there is an ending for you. God called it a judgment, and that judgment is going to be pretty similar to the judgment that the false teachers, false prophets, false apostles, these ones I'm talking about are people who are holding ministry offices, but have become corrupted and have abused the sovereign gifting of the calling of God within them. So just think of a pure vessel into which something pure was poured the vessel was pure and the substance poured into it was pure but then over time usually through choice but sometimes through negligence the substance in it became corrupted and the vessel itself became corrupted so sometimes the substance you begin to take in erroneous doctrine false doctrine lies you begin to preach out of your belly as a man of god woman of god you begin to just basically lie on stage because what you want is the crowd to say oh my god oh my goodness this person is so electric you want to electrify the the crowd and basically you become a clown you become a jester you become a joke and so what goes into you now starts being hype doctrine and anything that will make the people love you. And so what goes in is corrupted and then it corrupts the vessel. But sometimes the vessels take themselves off to the dark side. They take themselves off to become Wiccans. They take themselves off to play with witchcraft. They take themselves off to play with things that are much more diabolical than witchcraft. I venture to say to most of you in North America, in, in Western countries, that you, you think you know the outer extent of what Satan is capable of, and yet you will come to a channel like this, and many of you will say, you know, I never heard of the marine kingdom before. I never heard of uh, what the marine demons and marine spirits and mermaids can do, and yet 
People in Africa, if you watch their responses to videos like that, um, they absolutely know how diabolical this kingdom is. And a lot of the pastors, especially around the world, even here in the United States, are in affiliation with marine spirits, with very high ruling demons, high ranking demons from which they receive power. And so the vessel becomes corrupted by what it goes and joins itself to. Just think of something radiating high voltage, these fences that radiate extremely dangerous high voltage, and you go and put your hands on it. Many times people become fried to death and yet they stay there and they remain jerking until someone is able to push them off. Because when you handle certain types of high voltage in the occult, certain types of high voltage in the, in the marine kingdom, you're not coming back from that. You join Freemasonry and then you think that it'll get to a point where the pastor will say, okay, I, I think I have enough power now. I have enough members now. I'm ready to drop out. That's not going to be the case. These people join brotherhood cults and the law in the brotherhood cult is the law of blood. I spoke about that in either the first video that is called the burying of Tophet. I think that is the one or the second video that is called not unto death. When you join the Masons, when you join the Rosicrucians and other brotherhoods like that, you take oaths of blood. You take a blood oath yourself to get in. But then as you begin to ascend in power, as you begin to lust for more and more power, and if you are a pastor, you want more members, you want more clout, you want to be in invited for inter international ministries, you want to be more well-known, you pay in blood. And usually the blood they pay with is the blood of their members. So to bring this little introduction to um, full circle, Always remember that when you come to the master's voice, you're not coming to the master's voice for celestial. You are coming to the master's voice for the word of the Lord. This is a choice that you are making to click here. So you are free to click everywhere else and go and watch Cookie Monster um, leading you in a special sing-along song or whatever that people are doing on the multitude of mushroom prophecy sites that have just sprung up out of nowhere on the internet and also here on YouTube. You're free to do that, but just understand that you are paying with your soul in spiritual currency. What's going into you is corrupting. And when it has corrupted on the, out, on the inside enough, you become a corrupted vessel. So you will not even be able to tell if a bunny rabbit is a true person of God or not. And if you're wondering, well, that's my choice. There's nothing wrong with it. I enjoy her or I enjoy him. Understand that one of the things I say here is that people often lack the ability to apply logical thought to its logical conclusion. I see it all the time. And so I'm speaking from experience what I see people displaying when they come here. If you are unable to carry a thought to its logical conclusion, you will pay a very high price. So watch what you want to now and get corrupted now and have no discernment now and think that it's okay. But when Antichrist comes and begins to do signs and wonders that will deceive even the elect, then don't be surprised when you find your feet marching like a little soldier 
behind the new wave of demonic pastors that are going to arise. So this wave are simply working, a lot of them, with corrupted doctrine, and they do do sacrifices among their members. But as God has been sharing with me, these things are very muted. It is very hidden, and it is almost impossible to detect. The time will come when just as God's true ministers will stand up and begin to minister with unbelievable power, just as Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but whoever believes in me, greater works than these shall he do. If you think that Satan is going to sit and say, oh, look at the true prophets and the true pastors and the true apostles doing the greater works, I have nothing to counter that with. Demonic pastors and demonic prophets are going to move with such unbelievable signs, and their signs are going to be much more like a peacock. So those who like signs and excitement, that is going to be the ideal time for you to become connected with those people. Why? Because you invested the time when you should have been disconnecting from the foul water sources by defending them. And standing up for them and saying, no, they're a true man of God and you're not the only one. And whatever you're doing now, understand that you are building it up for your future self. So those who are con collecting true oil are building it up for their future self. When we will be in a time of spiritual darkness, they will begin to burn that pure oil that they have and they will begin to see the presence of God with them. But to the ones who like to eat in the pig trough and say, we enjoy this pig slop, and you should stop talking about our favorite slop master, when the time of spiritual hunger and famine comes, Satan is going to be serving international level pig slop, and such people will line up and eat it, except that in those days, the cost will be death. Welcome to the master's voice to be able to check up on the master's voice blog. That's what I'm called there. The master's voice blog, just to see if there are new uploads. And without further ado, I go into a prophecy that the Lord, the first thing that he said to me this morning, when I opened my eyes is get up and run, get up and run, make the video today about the church. So today it is not about any type of political machinations, nothing about the hardships that are coming to the United States, the hardships that are coming to the world at large, this prophecy, which is um, four parts that I'm going to condense into one, is about the hardships that are coming to the church. God said that the church is bloated and that the church is fat, that the church is very entitled and that the church is highly deceived. And therefore he is going to do the work of cutting down the church. So when a man has a field, and he's plowing it and he's tending it. Now and then you have to go through and you have to take out the weeds. If you are a good farmer, you're definitely going to be watching over your crop. You're going to have um, whatever you need, pesticides, to make sure that you get a good crop. And God basically says he's going to fix the church before Satan can get to the church. And I think that that's something that every parent at least can understand. Because what happens is if you don't discipline your children at home, if you don't teach them right from wrong at home, what's going to happen is that they're going to learn very painful lessons at the hands of strangers on a day when you're not there, you can't drive the bully off, you can't do anything about it. And that is what God is saying here, that he's going to train, retrain this church, purge this church, 
equip this church into shape before the devil can get to her. So that is definitely not going to be an easy exercise. The cutting blade will be in the earth and it is going to start among several places. And one of them is at the doors of the rich and the famous. The name of this prophecy is cornucopia. This is part two that I'm reading. It's called the hall of delights. And I received these visions over two days. So I started seeing visions on, I think it was June 18. It was June 18, 2019. And I was seeing certain things. And one of the things I was seeing was God telling me his purpose of having the fivefold ministry in the church, contrary to what a lot of people believe. And they think that the only ministry that is existing today is I think the teacher, the evangelist and the pastor, but there's also the apostle and the prophet that are still alive today. Jesus wouldn't have a hand and then just chop off what he said at the foundational two fingers, basically your first finger and your thumb. And that is the apostles and the prophets, because the Bible says that the whole ministry of the church is founded upon the doctrine that comes forth from apostolic men and women, and also from prophets. And so um, this is what the Lord was leading with, that he put the fivefold ministry in the earth to edify his church. Now I'll just pause for a second on the word edification. For some reason, it might be the spiritual madness in the air, but we are losing the meanings of words. We, we are becoming, um, so proud in our hearts and so deceived that we actually think that we can take words that have always existed and we can bend them and change them to mean what we want them to mean. So the word edify actually means to strengthen. It means to build up and to strengthen something. And the way that you strengthen a structure that is weak is that first of all, you're going to put it through quantity testing or quality testing. You're going to put it through a series of tests like the makers of Volkswagen and Volvo and Mercedes do. We all have seen that those strange ads that they have now where you just see them crashing their cars into walls and crashing their cars against trees. And you might be thinking, why are these people doing that? They're trying to show you that we have put this vehicle through rigorous testing. We have put this vehicle, we have put this thing through its paces before we sold it to you. Why? Because we know how much we're going to ask you for it, but also because we know when you buy a car, you are putting the most precious things that you own into that car, your life, your wife's life, your baby's life. So we have put this material to the test to make sure that it is solid and that it has integrity before we sell it to you. And so God is saying that the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, evangelist, and the teacher are his crash test dummy people. They're servants that he left here to make sure that his church is whole, to make sure that his church is sound, to make sure that his church has integrity and to make sure that his church are not the kind of people who open up like a Venus flytrap and allow all the false teachers, the wolves in sheep's clothing, the liars, everybody who wants to have a same to same relationship to say, Oh no, come on in. We're accepting all of that. You're not coming in to be changed. We're just integrating all your different lifestyle choices into us. And that's okay because God is love. That's what, not what the fivefold ministry is for. But God was saying in this prophecy 
two years, is it two years? 2019, time has flown. Three years ago, basically, that um, the fivefold ministry has largely failed, completely and totally failed in their calling. They have failed in the reason that he left them in the earth. And so God gave me these visions on June 18 and June 20th, he completed them. And so let's look at part one of it. It's called cornucopia. And what cornucopia means is the horn of delight. Let me show you a picture. I hope that you will be able to see it. Do you see that ancient woven basket there with all the fruit and everything else coming out of it? Well, this picture has traditionally meant cornucopia. It's a symbol of plenty. It's a symbol of overflow. And that horn is actually a goat's horn. That's what it's called. It's called a goat's horn. And usually you will find it depicted in imagery overflowing with flowers, fruits, and vegetables. It symbolizes wealth, prosperity, plenty, and abundance. It is also a sign when you see that horn of lavish abundance that is spilling out because it's so much that it cannot be contained. And so um, I had a vision and I found myself in a very great hall. This was a massive hall. On the second part of the prophecy, I will show you a picture of something. It was like those halls that you see in Gladiator where the king is, is deep in there after five massive chambers, the large pillars and marble everywhere and just beautiful tapestries hanging on the wall. And it was some very rich surroundings. And there was a door to the inner part of the hall open. So I went in and when I went in, what I saw that it was an ornate banquet table that had been set for guests that were not yet there. So written on a slab before I went into the inner door, written on the slab, the, the outside, it said, hall of delights, hall of delights. So I went into the inner chamber and then before I could go any further, it was like a video game, a big word that said cornucopia appeared in the air. You know, in the video games, when you're about to start a level, they put a word and then it says start or it says begin or something. So this word was like this and like that. And it was moving as if it wanted me to follow it. So I followed it. And I went in deeper into this hall. And the first thing I saw was a line of majestic thrones. I am talking about the kind of thrones that you can only find in the medieval movies. There is no throne right now in modern history that can match the stuff that I saw. It was all lined velvet. Some of them were navy blue and gold. Some of the thrones were silver and gold, but all the best thrones. I'm talking about the thrones that now had the plush arm, like a lion's claw arm or the marble pillar curvy arm that goes like this. The best thrones were white and gold and they had the highest backs. They were the ones that had the curvy tops and the deepest, softest plush in the interiors. And I was amazed. I was thinking to myself, Lord, this is real money. This is true opulence. And Two thirds of the thrones were supposed to have people sitting in them, right? But the last thrones at the end, there was one third of thrones that were not yet occupied. And I was made to understand by the Lord that their number, the people who will sit on those thrones have not yet been filled. And in the middle of the room, there was a large table 
This table was the center of attraction. And let me tell you what was on that table. It was a heavy wood table and the word cornucopia was taking me on a tour. So the cornucopia word was drifting through, showing me things, the thrones and everything else. And then it came and rested by this table and it sank down on the table so that I would look at what was on this table. And this is what I saw. It's quite a list. I saw the latest electronic tablets the latest electronic laptops, the latest cell phones. I saw gift bags, small ones and large ones without me knowing what was inside. When I say gift bags, I know I'm talking about when you go to these exclusive fashion shows or when you go to these exclusive art gallery reveals or these private places that have only a hundred guests or 200 guests by invitation only, every single person gets a gift bag and everyone who's on the list is so excited to go to this place because they know that the stuff in that gift bag, they call it swag. It can be even worth above $5,000. What these people will give you when you're invited to these private things. That's the kind of gift bags that were on these tables. I saw sparkly banglets, um, bangles. I saw charm bracelets. I saw gold watches. I saw diamond and silver watches. I saw something called slate jewelry. Um, I never looked that up, so I'm not sure what that is, but it's, it must be expensive because it was there. I saw tiaras. I saw earrings. I saw single earrings. And then I saw the, the kind that men wear. And then I saw double made earrings, matching earrings, the kinds that women, women wear. I saw rings of every type of precious metal, every type of precious stone. And among them, I saw occultic rings that were carrying different types of occult symbols. And one that I recognized is the goat headed Baphomet that was on rings. So I saw rings on these tables, different types of rings, but the rings that my eyes were drawn to were occultic rings that were carrying the goat headed symbol of the Baphomet among many, many other types of rings. I saw many different types of wristwatches. I saw many different types of bangles. I saw the kind of bangle that is kind of in now where women, it wraps around the arm a few times, like it and usually sometimes it has a snake or it's just a coil on the arm. Like Cleopatra used to wear, I saw sandals, shoes, heels, diamond studded slippers. This was a new one. I saw shoes that have precious stones either embedded in the front of it or on the side of it. And I saw so many handbags, designer handbags. And then I saw brief cases and brief cases of money briefcases of money. I saw money in money clips and I wrote, it was so much money, but all this money was tastefully folded and it was held with money clips that had diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, and other precious stones in them. So a money clip cannot hold a lot of money, but the thing is that every single bill was a hundred dollar bill. So each clip, what it was holding was several thousands at, at least. I saw what I call the tweet tweet, the keyless car keys that beep to open exclusive luxury vehicles. And these keys, there was a bowl sitting on the table and these keys were pouring out of the air into this bowl. From what I could see, the only thing that was constantly replenishing itself on this table at me, as in it was living, it was active, it was constantly filling up. In this bowl were car keys, Maserati, Lamborghini, Jeep, Chrysler, Ford, Tesla. I'm sure there are even richer cars like that. Benzes, 
every conceivable brand of luxury vehicle, including some that I, I don't, I couldn't recognize the symbol on the car key because I don't know cars like that. And they were just pouring and pouring and pouring. And they were symbolizing the fact that these luxury vehicles were being given, given and gifted to whoever had access to this room, the invited guests, the people who would enter the room and the people who were sitting, sitting on, who would be seated on the, on the two thirds of the thrones that were supposed to have guests in them. And I saw food, fruit, exotic fruit, vegetables, drinks, candy treats, you know, the kind of thing that you pop into the mouth when it's you and that special person. I saw games, um, games, including, you know, these kind of things, Sony playstations and stuff like that. I saw stuffed toys. I saw perfume. I saw cologne. I saw underwear. I saw dowries as in the payments that you make for marriage. I saw marriage certificates. I saw bank books. I saw bank cards. I saw credit cards, the kind of credit cards that are exclusive. Some of these credit cards are so exclusive that you have to be invited to apply. You can't just take your little plebeian self up in there and say, I need the, this 300. They'll just be like, I'm sorry. We didn't send you that key coded encrypted email. And I saw property deeds because God was saying, even when I was reading over this prophecy to bring it forth, God was saying that you have celestial, you have no idea how much land changes hand, um, hands among the rich and the famous of the church. So property title deeds that grant ownership to everything that you can think of on earth, gold, silver, oil, company shares, diamonds, land, cattle, hens. The Lord mentioned hens as in um, perhaps chicken farms, farm animals, stores. Um, this is business corporations and entities, clothing brands, money, many other things. And lastly, the word or. I saw the word or, but how it was represented on the table was there was a small hill of dirt right? A small hill of reddish dirt. And the word or was written on the dirt. And what I was seeing in the spirit is that in foreign countries, there's a lot of concessions that are granted to these, um, to these pastors. And one of those people is this man, um, on the 700 club, his name is Pat, Pat Robertson, I think. He has concessions, a lot of concessions in West Africa. Um, so that's what I found out when I was doing research after this, just, just checking all the things that God had shown me. And God says that this type of concession being given out to foreigners here, um, it takes place with and without government knowledge and consent, consent. So sometimes pastors here are brokering deals for dirty diamonds, oil shares, and they're doing stuff. God says through third party buyers in those countries who act as faces or fronts to represent these people. Please excuse the noise. So third parties represent, um, religious elite and then, uh, go into other countries. This is happening everywhere. I'm sure because religious elite don't only exist in America. They're everywhere. There are tons of them in South America and in Africa, but what they do is that they get faces or fronts from those local countries to, to represent them so that the hidden interest, let's say the Australian interest or the American interest is not what the government sees. And then obviously the terms are going to be different. If the government thinks it's working with a local company, it gives them local terms and they pay local tax. Meanwhile, the concession 
the benefit of these large oil shares in oil refineries, shares in gold and silver um, companies, uh, diamonds, things like that. It actually belongs to somebody who is definitely skimming a lot of benefit because they can't be seen. And the table was just basically laden with all these things. And I was standing in the room and I was in shock and I was thinking, who owns all this stuff? Where are these guests? Where are the people that possess such a wealth of goods? People who are so prominent, who owns these lavish lifestyles where nothing is wanted and the pipeline is freely flowing to provision and everything is so free to enjoy. And then the Lord spoke to me for the first time in that vision. And he said, the false pastors and preachers, their time is up. I have given so much mercy that my mercy is now spent. My time is now short. And I want my people to hear my word before I come. I want them to know my glory and to understand my purpose for them and among them. Then I will come to take them home. But the wicked I will thresh like a fine-toothed threshing sledge with terrible teeth. Let the people hear this word and come out from among them and separate themselves from these people. If there is no repentance, there will surely be judgment. So let them separate themselves from beneath this defiled flow and be blameless. Otherwise, they will share in their abominations equally and share in their sins as well. Come out from among them and walk blameless before me. These fountains have been defiled. This is the word of the Lord. And so I have been laboring in exactly this word and not even speaking of this one from so far back, so long ago, 2019. God has been bringing a wealth of prophecies that say that people need to separate from these false pastors and false prophets because, to be honest, you're following them just because there's something about being associated with them that makes you also feel like you have some value and some worth. There's something about being a Joyce Meyer follower. There's something about being a Creflo Dollar follower or, you know, following whoever, T.D. Jakes and the rest of them. You feel somehow in your heart, if you are honest, if you get over your irritation at my words, which is just... Um, the demonic hold that is on you, if you can manage to fight that thing off for just 10 minutes and sit and examine your heart before the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, God, why do I follow these people? What are they teaching me? These people, all they give you is this fake Wheaties gospel that sounds like this. God knows that you've been going through You've been going through and you've been hanging on and your haters have hated you because that's what the hating haters do. But I'm here to tell you, watch this, watch this, watch this, catch this, catch this. It's your time now. These people, they pander to a lust in people for help. You might as well buy one of these self-help books and read it through and follow the advice in there because some of these books, these people actually have their heads on straight and they know what they're talking about. You could easily read a self-help book and stop, get rid of some of the habits that are actively weakening and destroying your life. And if you follow a self-help book, you can't say, oh no, I came through because the self-help book preached me a gospel that changed everything. You can't do that because it's just a book you got at Barnes and Noble for like $6.99. There's a book with some good advice in it. These people are nothing but motivational speakers. And I have nothing against motivational speakers as long as 
A motivational speaker is honest and says, hi, I'm Clarissa, and I'm here to be your motivational speaker to help you turn your life around. Clarissa steps out and she tells you that's what she is, and she gives you tips, tricks, and tools to fix things. Then Clarissa's being honest. But when you take motivational speaking and you sprinkle scriptures in it, and then you feed it to an audience that has been so poorly taught for the last 50 years that they can't tell the difference between the true gospel that goes right into the gut and exhorts. The true gospel goes right in there. It's a confrontational gospel. If you think the gospel is not confrontational, ask yourself, why did all the prominent people in the Bible always end up dead? Why were they always on the run? You read little verses that fill in the story and paint the picture, how they wandered from town to town, how even Jesus had to dust his feet off and keep moving. Does this tell you that the Bible preaches a widely acceptable theology, something that makes people feel so good and happy and acceptable and just say, oh, you know, I feel the love on this. Why is it that the original people carrying the tools that lead to eternal life always ended up in the ground earlier than their 80 or 90 years, especially in the New Testament. Really hard for those guys to age out. Always ended up on the run, persecuted, hunted, killed. How does this Bible produce this weak and misguided church that we have today that thinks that they're supposed to lead with love? How many times did Jesus actually say, I'm here to love you and just love you through it because I know you've been going through? When did the man actually say stuff like that? You see John the Baptist showing up and his sermons just start. They don't even start with, hi, I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Bless the pastor for having me. The dude opens his mouth and begins with brood of vipers who warns you to flee from the wrath to come. He's convicting them and challenging them of their hypocritical nature, but he's showing true godly compassion by what? He's not refusing to baptize them. He's not saying, I won't give you this baptism into salvation and into grace. No, he's dunking them, but he's also doing what America now calls shaming, shaming people. He's rebuking them for their hypocritical nature and telling them, oh, how come you're not sitting up at the Sanhedrin waiting for God to come and judge and roast you? How come you've come down here to the dirty little Jordan for me to baptize you? He didn't let them get away with it. He wasn't interested in the comfort of their flesh. I just read from a passage yesterday in Luke chapter three that John the Baptist had a blazing word in his mouth that was concerned with repentance and the remission of sins. John didn't come to make friends. He, he came to make sure that souls were prepared for the one, the threshing sledge with terrible teeth that was coming after him. How on earth does God deserve the church that he has now? How is the true gospel producing the type of people who exist now? The next thing is this. The Elijah list is contaminated. It is full of well-meaning false prophecy. Stay away from the feeding trough. So I, here are my notes. I discovered the Elijah list in early 2000s. At the time, my one and only thought was and remains, who ever heard of this many prophecies 
gathered in one place by so many people. It can never be. It can never, ever be the Lord speaking in chaos like this. This is an American thing. And this thing has continued. This idea that a whole bunch of people can just get together and just have a dream, have a vision, have a this and that, and just pile it all together and say, this is all prophecy. This is all true prophecy. There, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, such a thing has never existed. For prophecy is the voice of God to a messenger, that the messenger goes forth and cries forth a message. And the message is different to each messenger. God if, if the messenger is like a cell phone with a privacy lock, then God is the thumbprint that unlocks that messenger, speaks his message to that messenger, and then says, show the phone to the people and let them read the text messages that I am sending through you. The idea that you can have a compendium of prophecy, untested, unknown, untried, endless groups of people, you don't know what the root of their faith is. You don't know who the root of the dreams, messages, thoughts, ideas that they are having coming into one group and then prevent presenting it and saying, this too is prophecy. This thing baffled my mind when I first found out about it, but I thought nothing of it until the Lord brought it up. And since the early 2000s, this is a long time ago. Um, so the Lord says, um, it is corruption because you can never tell what is false, what is rooted in di divination, and what's just a bellyful. A bellyful is just when people have Bible study and they have their feelings and they believe that God is speaking to them, and he might be, or it just literally might be a bellyful. And they write it out, and then they say that God said it. Reading such things rips the protective netting away from the mind of the reader. And eventually, when you read a lot of it, it will cast you into confusion and delusion. These other names were given to me. Chris Valaton, Valoton, Lance Walnow, Kat Kerr, Frederick Price, now deceased. Kim Clement, now deceased. Now about this man, this last man, the Lord has been talking to me about him for quite a few years. And the Lord says that this last man, Mr. Kim Clement, now deceased, and deceased very early in his life, to those of you who may know him, says this man became lifted up in his heart, pulled by the praises of men. He began to employ theatrics for emphasis and depart from the way of the Lord, and for this the Lord took him. And I saw what the Lord sometimes shows me when he is showing me that a person is coming off track and is in danger of harm from the Lord. I saw this image of the thing we call a unicycle. It's a single wheel bicycle and it only has a seat. It, it has a pole and it has the wheel here and then it just has a seat. A unicycle is extremely hard to ride. It's not a bicycle. It doesn't have two, two wheels and it doesn't have um, handlebars. And basically a bicycle is very much easier to manage than a unicycle. A unicycle is only meant to seat one person. And it takes incredible skill to first be able to balance upright on the unicycle and then be able to cycle it so that it moves forward without throwing you forward tossing you backward. Now, 
When I see this unicycle for this man who is now deceased very early in his life, Kim Clement, there is a groove or a track that a minister of God, when God calls you to the ministry, when God wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning or comes upon you like boiling hot lava, whatever your origin story is, if you are a true minister of God, every single one called to stand in a ministry office has a, an origin story, you will know that there is a track set out for your life already. God prepares that track, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, it doesn't matter. Your track is prepared for you ahead of time. Nobody asks you if you want to ride in that track. God will not ask you, are you comfortable here, celestial? Are you comfortable here, so-and-so? Does the track feel like something you can handle? When God calls you, your unicycle goes into that track. So there may be other people in the body of Christ who are also gifted, also skilled. God has set the gifts in the body, the members in the body, how it pleases him. And if you read, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are many ministry gifts there that the Bible says, these gifts are by the operation of the spirit. So a person who is not in the prophetic office can flow in what is called the gift of prophecy. But when you are in the office of prophet, you don't flow in the gift. You are the gift. This is Ephesians chapter four and verse 12, where it says he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave gifts to the body, some apostles, some prophets, and so the scripture goes. So you're not flowing in the gift of prophesying now and then. You yourself, your living physical self, are the gift that God has taken and given to the church to edify the church, to build up the body, to shave off the fat, to take people away from the dirty water that they seem to love drinking and to exhort them, to preach to them strongly until they feel something snap in them. The cords of sin begin breaking off and they begin to come up from this bent, mind-controlled posture that sin and lies puts people in and they begin to stand up. On that unicycle, you must ride your track. All the people in the Bible who decided not to ride their track died. Samson, Saul, there are too many of them. In fact, if you read the book of Judges, you'll be shocked at how short their terms were. And I thought to myself, Lord, either you called these men in their 90s and then they ruled for four years and they died, or you called them in their 20s and 30s and then their unicycle started going all over the place because of idolatry and then you took them and simply chose a new judge. And so I saw this man's unicycle come completely out of the track. And that's what I saw. The next person the Lord spoke of, and he is in an old prophecy that is linked on the blog, Miles Monroe was not false, but he departed from the ever living God. And for this, the Lord took him. He disdained the holy ordinances and God struck him. And the prophecy that this is in is called cornucopia, profanity. It's a very graphic prophecy, so be sure when you go to read it that you know what you expect to see there. It showed the hidden sins of ministers of the gospel, God showing me basically the backsides and the sexual sins of pastors 
what they do in the church, what they do upon God's altar. And here I took a piece from that prophecy that speaks of Minister Miles Monroe. In this ministry, everything is recorded. The date is on it. Every word is as I received it. And so I can always refer back to it in another prophecy as a witness. I saw another throne that was empty, but the minister had not sinned in this way. This is after describing other people's sexual indiscretions in the church. I saw the Lord had love for this man, but his cause of death was this, and it's a direct quote. He grasped the horns of the altar incorrectly and was struck for this. This man was Miles Monroe. There was the light shining on his throne as if to say, in memoriam, and his presence had also departed out of the heart of the throne. All the thrones I saw had a heart, a living or a dead presence. The thrones of the fornicators, whether they were white thrones or different colors like red or green or navy blue, navy blue were rotten. But Miles Monroe's throne was its Miles Monroe's throne was backlit and perfect and hushed and still like a garden. So let me explain this. The Lord showed me a vision of thrones, thrones in blue, thrones in gold, thrones in red and navy and different colors, even some of the thrones in white. Upon these thrones sat ministers of the gospel in various attitudes of fornication. I saw them receiving all sorts of different types of sex that I'm not going to relive at this time. And each throne had a presence in it. So whether the minister was actually sitting on the throne that God had given them and committing a sin at that time, or whether there was no one on the throne, there was a human presence in it. Mr. Miles Monroe's chair, his presence was gone. It was like a, a, a breath had been sucked out of the throne and the throne was now sitting there lifeless, but with a beautiful light from heaven shining on the throne and the aura around Mr. Monroe's throne was of a special place. Like when you set up a place to remember your mom and you go there and you keep it clean and you fix the flowers and you made sure that you got her a good spot where there's always sunlight. That is the aura around this man's throne. And God really loved this man. But the image that also has shown of this man is his unicycle began to lean. So if this is the track and you are meant to ride the wheel of your unicycle, just like a train ball bearing only within the track, Mr. Monroe's unicycle began to lean in danger of jumping completely off the track and to prevent the loss of this man's eternal soul and the excellent work that he did do for God. The Lord said that he took this man. So these are the names that were given to me. The tares in the wheat of the Lord, but their judgment is not unto death, meaning that God will not yet strike these people for sin. It is possible for the Lord to give a judgment that is not unto death, and the person repents and the person can be brought back into the fold. Some of these people will lose their ministry publicly. They, God is going to shame them. God is going to do different things to make sure that they don't end up losing their heavenly reward and they don't end up losing their life. But then it's possible for you to be leaning on your unicycle and to continue pedaling at full speed, thinking that you're doing great or thinking that you're fooling someone. And for that, the Lord was telling me that 
Celestial judgment is progressive. The Bible teaches that God says he will judge all things at the time. So when people come here and say, oh no, you're too judgmental, I, I don't even pay any attention to you because you probably haven't even peeled the sticker off your Bible yet, much less taken off the plastic to actually read and understand what it says. Judgment is progressive, meaning that it takes many years to build up to where God is not going to bear with a certain person or a certain attitude or a certain city anymore. Jonah didn't just wake up one day and go to Nineveh and then the people said, Jonah, you're, you're too judgmental. When God sends a message and you're looking at the messenger and trying to quarrel with the messenger, it literally shows that you are operating at the lowest possible level of understanding of spiritual truths because there's no power in a human being's mouth to say, oh, this person shall exit life and then it happens. But if the human being's life is actually plugged to a speaker that is upstairs and that human being is speaking out and playing a record that is coming from upstairs then when you see the fulfillment of the songs sad difficult and painful though they may be that is coming out of the record player you will ask yourself why did i quarrel with the record player instead of going to fall at the feet of the god who wrote the songs? Human sacrifice taking place daily in the walls of the church. Church, prepare yourself. These pastors are defiling young children in order to spill ritual blood of virgins. And I spoke about this as far as the sodomy ritual part one. Prophecy was difficult for me. That prophecy was the first time that God said to me with my ears, or at least the ears of my inner man, the church of Jesus Christ is greatly gay. To me, this is a staggering statement that it has taken months to process. That the church is not somewhat gay, a little gay, is greatly gay, is filled with people doing this thing that I learned is called DL life, down low life. Blood it's being shed of virgins, little children being defiled in the backside through the act of sodomy by the leaders of the church. God says this is happening in every continent where the blind are seeking the blind. Didn't say leading the blind. It's the blind people running after these pastors that call themselves Papa and Mama and spiritual leader and spiritual father. So it's written... You do not have many fathers in the faith. This is Paul speaking to Timothy, telling him, Timothy, it's really hard to find men who will pay the price to carry your soul from infanthood as a Christian until you become a strong and strapping man who can stand before God by yourself and next to your spiritual father and do warfare as he does warfare. God says it's hard Paul was telling Timothy, it's hard to find a man who can be a spiritual father. And yet, in, in many continents of the earth, including here in America, spiritual fatherism is just rife. Everybody's a father. As long as you can afford a microphone and some skinny jeans, you're a spiritual dad. And the churches grow. And God says it's because the blind are seeking the blind. So the blind who are ready to lead are not suffering for followers. Listen to the words of these prophecies and understand because they exactly match the spiritual sickness that we are seeing in the worldwide church. 
The leaders are wicked and deceptive, and they set traps and snares for blind people. They are seeking the undefiled among virgins to defile them and offer that sexual blood to demon gods who empower them to preach with fiery anointing and also to perform, to perform signs and wonders in the church. Do you not see, my people, how you are caught like little birds in the net? Do you not see how even your sons and daughters have become the prey for these men? How the blood of the young flows to refresh the altars where the so-called pastors and prophets are really getting their power from. Do you not know that in the church, these men have two altars, the physical one that you can see with the pulpit standing there. And then when you go home and they're there, like, I just want to walk through the sanctuary. I just, I just want to spend time in the presence of the Lord. They are actually dedicating that entire property to the God that they really serve. And then you just pull up on a Sunday morning, Wednesday evening Bible study, Thursday ladies, ladies Bible study, um, Monday night men's group. You just driving into this trap, repeatedly entering into centers of defilement, altars dedicated to other gods. And God says that they're watering the power of those secondary altars that you can't see with blood, sleeping with these underage children, Blood is a strong currency. If the blood of our Messiah is so powerful that it can bring a sinner out of spiritual death into eternal life, then know that human sacrifice blood, whether it's sexual or whether it's actually taking a person's life, is powerful in its own limited and wicked way. Ritual blood is flowing in the churches. All manner of human sacrifice take in taking place, including the kind that leaves people dead. This is one prophecy ago. And I read, I am looking at the dead who were sacrificed by pastors to pay their debt to the marine kingdom, to the water lodges, to the secret societies, to the brotherhoods, the Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, the Knights Templar, these men and women are parts of groups, Eastern stars, fraternities that shed blood to keep your membership current, just like going to the gym. They demand a payment of flesh, both for membership. You have to offer up flesh. This is usually giving up your backside to the high ranking males. When you join male and female, that's your hello and salute into these places. But then again, to refresh the flow of power and redeem your membership, you have to do this every year. My people are foolish, says the Lord. They do not love me or they would keep my commandments to be holy and to come out and be separate. But they love lights, camera, glamor, action. You get in that church and the atmosphere is just sizzling and they're like, what's up family? Can we give it up for Jesus? Oh no, that's church, isn't it? That's just, oh wow, I'm in the place and they just love on me. And here we are many years later and Hillsong loved on people until they just, loved them into numerous sex scandals. All that love just coming out in documentaries. 20 years of legacy being dragged through the mud by questions that senior pastors can't answer. And so they just say, they don't love us. They don't, they don't love the Lord. They just want to destroy us. Do they? 
Or is it the Lord that destroys from your midst because God destroys destroyers? Those who seek to destroy and defile God's sheep, he will fight you personally. You will be on the news. A good talker will always fool my people, and that is why they are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And the grinding mills in the spiritual world receive their blood and bones to satisfy high gods of sorcery, occultism, and witchcraft, armor-plated demons of sexual immorality and lust are receiving my people's souls as they sit there in slaughterhouses with lights and entertainment blazing to keep them drowsy. Keep sleeping, says Yah, and you will be destroyed. Keep sleeping, and you will inherit the judgment of the damned. This is the word of the Lord. Turn to me and serve me only. You celestial, you minister to me at my request and my pleasure. Me and me only will you serve. Do not turn your face to the right or the left to regard any man or listen to any other voice but mine. Speak my truth without compromise and I will be good to you. This next part of the prophecy is Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was a Mason. Nelson Mandela was a Freemason, a chosen part of the Masonic Brotherhood. Whoever doesn't like it, you fight my word and my truth. He was a Mason, a brother. They call them brothers and they take oaths that they will keep to their death. And I, Celestial, am here on record that many years ago, there was a picture floating around of the Potter's house and T.D. Jakes was standing in the Masonic garb with something around his neck and the apron of the Freemason. Right now in 2022, you could pay gold and silver. You will never find that picture. But I saw it with my own eyes and I remember thinking, God, if we have come to this, then you just need to come and get us now. If people can wear this garb, this man is standing on the platform of the potter's house in the full garb. He had the little skirty thing with the little goldy thing, the girdle that is part of their uniform and stuff around his neck standing in his church wearing that. And I don't know if the church was awake, asleep, if they were there in the body or absent with the Lord. He stood there and wore that in front of them. And the Lord is saying, this man, Nelson Mandela, was a member of the elite. For it is the elite that raises up leaders to be beacons and masters around the world. So I don't know what it is that they are masters of. These are their inner things. But they are raised up to high positions from this Freemason world. This man served higher powers, and his reward was to be rewarded with the nation of South Africa. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord says, even as you die, if you die as a hero to men. So even if we put you into the ground at the end of your story, and it seems that at the funeral, you have died, revered, loved by men around the world. The Lord says, my spirit will dig you up and reveal to people who you really were. The Lord said, if I could dig up Ravi Zacharias and expose his deeds, I can dig up 
anyone posthumously and scatter their bones in the aisles, in the streets. They will not rest in peace. They will be judged in truth. And in the day of the Lord, this, meaning the truth that I am speaking now, it will be set before everybody's faces so that they can know that when the word of the Lord came forth, they should not have cast stones at it. They should have been like Daniel and said, Lord, we and our fathers have sinned. Show mercy to us and show us the way to enter your holy rest. Now, if you're not in America, you will not know who Ravi Zacharias was. Ravi Zacharias was one of Christianity's golden sons, extremely well-spoken, extremely well-read, extremely well-traveled, and after his death, extremely connected to many women that he either raped or manipulated into sexually compromising situations. The man was paying multiple rent here in America, in the Philippines. After his death, he was dragged through the mud and his legacy is, it must surely be a heartbreak to his wife. It was exposed that this man's ministry had a lot of compromise in it, but because of the gravitas of the man himself, and this is the problem with Christianity today, it is a cult of one surrounded by minions of many, one tall colossus standing in a church who cannot answer to the board of deacons, and it's too great to be questioned by the board of elders, one man who rises up like a god above the people, and then he falls and then the poison begins to leak into the rivers, the streams. Poison that people have been drinking without knowing who this person is. God says if he can dig up this man and expose this man after this man was buried in pomp and ceremony, then even Nelson Mandela is not safe. And if you don't like it and cast stones at the prophecy that the Lord is bringing, he says in the day when all things are exposed, that is when people would have wished they said, oh God, our sin is so great that we don't even know the sins of our fathers. Mandela was a mason, part of a large society that goes around the world like a belt. It is a choking belt that hangs many people, these Freemasons. And here are parts of their oath I heard the Lord repeating. I shall rip out the eye, they say. I shall tear out the tongue if I confess the secrets of my brothers. This is the oath you take to be a Freemason, that if you ever speak of any of the rituals that you see, they will kill you. And when your eye is taken and your wife is thinking, I wonder what happened to cause him to lose that eye, she will have no idea that they took the eye as their right because you made an oath that your eye should be taken if you go and they start blogging later about what you saw. Your tongue should be cut out from the root in your mouth if it is found that you started divulging to your little same-sex boyfriend what you were doing and then he went public on a TikTok. That's how brothers end who break the oath. The Lord says, I am the Lord. I will rip out your eye. I will tear out your tongue. And then afterwards, I will put you in a stinking pit, a grave of fire and brimstone from which you will never be released. I alone rule the nations. You cannot take my inheritance from me. Remember the scripture that says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. So who owns the nations to give them to men? It is God. And he says that the Freemasons cannot take his inheritance from him. I am God alone. Release the word of the Lord. 
God says, nobody who is not at peace with me will have peace. I alone and peace, he says. I am physical, tangible peace. This is Jesus. He definitely is peace. Peace I give you. My peace I leave with you, he says, not as the world gives. The world's peace is temporary. The world's peace is only if things are going well for you and you have enough money to pay the bills and there's no fights in your family. The peace that Jesus is, is the peace from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. When he's naming the spiritual fruit and one of them is peace, the peace that Jesus is, is the peace that stands next to you. When the grandmother who raised you She was grandma, but she was the only woman, the only mom you ever knew. When she's passing out of this life and it feels as if your heart is tearing out of your breast, but at the same time, there's this pressure keeping you calm. That's Jesus. That is Jesus. The peace that passes understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in all the vicissitudes of life. The storm of life moving you here and there that betrayal and now you don't know if it's divorce or forgiveness the fifth promotion that has passed you over and now you don't know if you need to get your cv and move on or just keep hoping for better that friend that betrays your secrets that ex that posts your naked pictures that you shouldn't be sending in the first place young woman your nakedness is for the bathroom and for yourself The vicissitudes of life, the waves that toss to and fro. The man is saying, I am your physical, tangible peace, not as the world gives. If you keep your foot from defilement and sin, I will cover you with my presence, which is peace. But if you love darkness or you regard iniquity in your heart, meaning that you want to hang on to these little modern views that are already passing away, soon the current views are going to change and you're going to find that the things that people believe in are going to get much worse. It's going to be way different from from the way it is now. There will be no protesting over the rainbow life. The rainbow life is going to rule. God already said in an old prophecy, the rainbow is blowing. The flag of the rainbow is blowing in the spirit. This is going to be everywhere. You that wants to be straight, you will be the anomaly, the weirdo. You that is a man that wants to marry a woman, you're the one who's going to face public backlash and pressure because people will say, are you still doing that? That's so 2022. God says, if you keep sin in your heart, he will bring a sword to your door and peace will flee from you. He says, I will trouble you on your bed at night if you will not repent and leave the way of sin. And if you keep on in it, he says, I will carry you to to where peace can never be your portion again. That's the grave. Please understand. I'm not speaking in any riddles or parables here. Clear for all to hear. And so the Lord has said to me, and this I say to you, I have spoken a word to you, and it will land on these people. I have given you a firebrand, a hot and burning rod, and it will smoke out the people. I will shake the foundation stones. I will go to the root of every matter and bring it out. And so we give thanks to God. We bless him as his eye continues to rove across this earth that he made, seeking out the righteous to show himself strong on their behalf, seeking out hidden secrets and iniquity, all this dirt in the police stations. 
all these cold case files, all these unfair promoting from outside when they're qualified people from inside just because you don't like them. So you overlook them and you stifle them. Gatekeepers, you will fall. I have seen you fall. I have faithfully proclaimed this word of the Lord in the hearing of even if five people watch this video, I have been faithful to say the gatekeepers will fall. The false ministries that are blocking the rise of people who could be doing so much more good with the larger platforms, they will fall and God will simply elevate. Saul, you will go down. David, you will go up. This is the word of the Lord. The false prophets that are multiplying here on the social media space like mushrooms, have a care for your soul. Remember, behind likes and clicks is standing Jesus. It's likes, clicks, and then, oh my goodness, it's time for judgment. Be careful. These are not games. We are on social media. It's easy to get fooled and think, oh, I can watch this if I like. It's my right. It's my freedom. Remember what I said with every time you come on social media, you are making finalized life choices by who is teaching you, who is leading you, who is speaking clean water into your spirit or dirty sewage pipe water. May the Lord bless you. Fear the Lord God and only him shall you serve. Luke chapter four and eight. We give you thanks, Lord. We bless your name. We exalt you, Father, because you are faithful. Um, God bless you. And until I see you again, goodbye. People who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor were they thankful, but their minds became darkened and their thinking became futile. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for them to degrade their bodies one with another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and they served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and they were inflamed with lust, one for another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding. 
no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but they also approve of those who practice them. And so this last part, verse 32, it has its own video here on the master's voice. The Lord woke me up extremely early that day, and he told me to speak about what he called a sympathizer of sin. You hear that a bishop is abusing boys sexually, and then what you say is, you don't say thanks be to God for exposing this sin and let the dirt come out in the wash. You say, he's a holy man of God, and how dare you speak against the Lord's anointed. And then when the Lord will bring this thing out and take the person's life for the sin that they commit, you'll be sitting there with egg on your face, but in heaven, you will have it written against your record that you are one who sympathizes with sin. What does this mean? It means when God exposes unrighteousness and says that he hates something, what comes out of your mouth? It's not support for God's position. You support the sinner's position. You take the side of unrighteousness. You do this as humans because you want to appear loving, kind, compassionate, and having an open mind here on earth. But when you die, you at the same time want Jesus to accept you. But Jesus says that light and dark have no fellowship. Jesus is light all the time. So you that has the darkness in your heart that wants to cover and protect the darkness of of other people here on earth. How can you pass away and go into eternity and expect to be accepted by a God of light when you are dark, when your eye is dark, when you have no proper appreciation for what sin is and you support those who are in Satanism, those who are Freemasons, those who are abusing children and hiding it behind wealth and power and position and celebrity and status and influence. If you support evil, verse 32 of Romans chapter 1 says that you are evil. And you may do this as part of a very large, large crowd now, ally culture. But when you die and are risen to face your judgment, it will have been recorded of you that even if you didn't do wickedness, even if you were not full of greed or depravity or envy, murder, strife, malice, gossip, slanderer, you are a God hater. You are arrogant in your heart, for you uplifted yourself above the Lord's estimation of certain things, and you supported those who practice forms of wickedness that God condemns. This is why if the whole Bible were not available and you only had the few pages back and forth in another side of Romans chapter 1, a child of 10 would be able to rightly divide what God says about himself, that everything about his righteousness can even be discerned from the creation, from looking at birds, from looking at stars, from looking at the movement of the, the sea against the seashore. You can tell that there is a higher intelligence than man who has carefully put the world together. And one of the things he has carefully put together is human sexuality how it's packaged, how it's supposed to work. By looking at the creation, male and female, you can easily know what God intended to go on there. But when you put two females together, there's a problem with the picture. When you put two males together, there's a problem with the image. When you put a man and a beast together or a woman and a beast together, the entire picture scatters and goes out of focus. And the Lord says, that all who commit these things, 
will be handed over by him to a mind of darkness and depravity. And what will happen in that dark, depraved mind is that everything will be okay. If you listen to these prophecies, they fit together perfectly. Everything will be okay in the mind of one who is darkness. The Bible says to the pure, all things are, are pure. That often, that automatically tells us that if you are not pure, every darkness, every progressive step into basically the pit of destruction will seem okay to you. If you're fine with man and woman, it's just a matter of time before when they say, should the clones marry human beings? You're like, you know what? I don't see why she, we should exclude the clones from marriage rights. The clones understand who they are and they look just like us and they're made from us basically. So they have feelings. And if they have feelings, that means that a clone can fall in love. Let's not be hateful. That is the word that is going to rule the end times the false application of the word hate. Yet the Bible is clear. It tells us to love what God loves and hate what God hates. The problem in the modern church is that the people of God, quote, fingers, hate the things that God loves and they love and support and defend and make excuses for the things that God hates. I will overturn the tables of the money changers. I will overturn the tables of the people who are selling salvation for a price. It's not their hard work. It's not the fact that they write books. You have a right to ask a fair price for your work. It's the fact that they have turned salvation into a business. They have turned salvation into a business. TBN is going to close down those, those people on that TBN. God says they're going to file for bankruptcy. They're going to file for chapter 13. Over here, it means that you're no longer a viable business and they're about to put you into conservatorship. Conservatorship means that they have to appoint someone to look over your accounts and they freeze all your bank accounts and then they try to work out a schedule of creditors, which means which creditor is more important, who's first, who's second, who's third, based on your bills. God says they're not liquid at all. They are not liquid at all and they're hiding they're hiding those books at TBN. Which is ridiculous concerning con considering how much money they have received. TBN is going to go broke and it's going to go off the air. And so is this so is this thing called love world. God says love world is going to come down off the air because it's not a clean ministry. It is a dirty ministry. The man who is running love world is involved in the occult. He is an occultist. That's why he wears that white suit. It's part of his covenant. My goodness. He never changes that suit. Love world. Pastor Chris man that last name Oyakilome Oyakilome Chris Pastor Chris O in the white suit is an occultist Lord says that is not a clean ministry it is not a God led ministry the Holy Spirit is not moving in that ministry and God says soon that man will run into trouble and the eventuality the eventuality of him running into trouble public issues, public scandals, 
concerning his brothers, especially that man has brothers and God says his brothers are going to be the reason that the ministry falls. He says his brothers cannot stop after the women in the ministry. His brothers cannot stop after stay away, stay away from, or stop going after women in the ministry. And it's scandals that will bring them down. But he is an occultist. That man has a covenant with the dark world. And that covenant says he must wear white. He wears white as part of his entry into that brotherhood, that African brotherhood that he is in. An occultist, and God says he will take love world off the air. He says it has poisoned enough people. Just like Skowen, Skowen poisoned enough people. Synagogue, church of all nations, the fallen TB Joshua, another occultist, another witch doctor, now laid to rest where many of them are going. TD Jakes is going there. All the brotherhood, they will fall down right in front of you, right in front of you. Some of them dead in the pulpit. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter five and thud right dead with the cameras rolling in front of the whole congregation. God says, some of you, you need the trauma to come out of your stupor. You need to see judgment operating live before you will finally believe that I am the Lord and that I give life and I take it away. These ministries are coming off the air. TBN is going down. They're going to close down. You will just see that thing that goes flatline. The same sound that the TV used to make when it goes off for olden days programming. TV, TBN is coming down and love world. Pastor Chris O. Oyakilome, Oyakilome, you are an occultist and you think I don't see you. Chris Oyakilome, you think I don't know you and you think I don't know the works that you do in secret, but I have my eye on you and at the proper time, I will judge you. You will have no legacy left, you false pastors. Everything that you have built will fall. You will be embarrassed. John Gray, I will expose you. There is more to you than the people know. You have played a good game, but you have come to the end of the line because there is no repentance in you. I will expose you. All the compromising pastors, false prophets, stealing money, I will overturn the tables of the money changers. You cannot turn the house of God into a thriving business. The people don't even know what they're there for. They're so distracted by chocolate fountains. A chocolate fountain is something you go and stand in front of and then it produces coffee and latte and macchiato and you name it. All the coffees of the world, they've set up all the chocolate fountains in the churches and people can't wait to get to church because sometimes there's a better breakfast at church than at home. Who doesn't want to go to church to take part of the chocolate fountain and get a bagel and sit on those cool bean bags and chat with your friends? 
God says the after party is better than the party. The after party at the churches is better than the party. People go to church because they can't wait to go into these bougie lounges, celestial. The after party is better than the party. People go to church so they can hang out later, so they can connect with friends, so they can find out what's new in everybody's Christian dating life. A social club. I left many of you years ago, and to your shame, you didn't even notice when I walked out the door. The two pastors who trusted me walked out with me. Two deacons quit in the whole church. Only two deacons said, we can't live with this. It doesn't feel biblical to us anymore. Two deacons on a staff of 12, 10 stayed behind, goats, two walked out with me, sheep, and they've been in the wilderness ever since, watching and waiting for the day of my judgment. There's so many deacons sitting at home. And I see God doesn't mean actual deacons, just people who can't do it anymore. They're sitting at home and God says, these people, Celestial, they've been asking me for 30 years. So we left 30 years ago. We were disappointed. We tried a few places. We couldn't find anywhere to fit. We've been at home. We've been doing Bible study a hundred years on our own. When are you going to judge these false houses of lucre? Lucre is just an old style Bible word for money, gold coins, God says these people have been pestering him with their prayers. When will you judge the money changers? When will you judge the houses that draw and quarter flesh? Draw and quarter flesh. This just means that you tear the word of God up into pieces that work for you. The pieces that don't work for you, you don't preach those parts. You lay them down. I see the Bible has been torn into sections torn into sections, and then it's been further torn into little pieces of verses. So it's only little pieces of verses that these pastors preach, many of them. God says that they do not preach the whole counsel of the Lord. I just see somebody taking two or three verses and putting it on one of these, uh, what is this thing? It's a fancy glass pulpit. So just takes two, two or three verses and lays the verses down like verse one and verse two and verse three, and then preaches a whole 30 minute sermon based on three verses that may not even have anything to do with each other. But the way he's going to do is, is he's going to fill it with fluff. He's going to fill it with fluff. And then he's going to present those three verses, pad it up with fluff, and the people eat that. And then they've only received three verses. They do not have the full counsel of the Lord. And that is why all the people that I'm seeing in this vision, they look like straws. They look like sticks of spaghetti sitting in the seat. Undernourished, the Lord says. Can't you see them? They're starving. And they don't even know that they're passing away from hunger for the true word of God. They haven't been fed a meal in a long time. And that is why when you give them a full meal, most of them will regurgitate it because that is what happens when you give a starving man a burger. He will vomit it out and he will tell you, are you trying to kill me? That's why they can't receive the full word of God. They hate it. They're not used to it. And they're not willing to build up their emaciated bodies. 
and stop perishing by the lie. God says you love the lie. The lie is going to love you back. You want the lie. He says the lie will carry you to perdition because the son of perdition is coming and his tongue is anointed with silver and oil. I see a man sticking out his tongue at me. The tongue of this man is silver and then flowing off the top of this silver tongue is oil. Snake oil. Imagine a seducer, a charmer, a slick talker, someone who will make speeches and the entire world will scream, give us more. The beast, Obama, coming back to make his speeches that make women and grandmothers cry a second time deadlier than the first time. This is devastating. Money changers, you will be put out of the houses of worship. Your churches will be closed down. Those big buildings are going to be rented out by other people for other activities. In some of your churches, people are going to play racquetball. I'm not sure what that is. I think it's like tennis. Racquetball. I see people renovating big churches after God has blown them out of the big church. Potter's house, this is your future. Ending up like something like a racquetball court. T.D. Jakes. <sighs> Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar. God says you have had your moment in the sun. You have had your moment in the sun. You grew crops, but you did not finish the work. You did not produce fruit worthy of righteousness. You did not produce fruit worthy of righteousness. All of you are cut off. All of you are cut off. Big houses of worship shut down and the money given to charity or something of that nature. Public scandals in the White House all the way down, starting in the White House all the way down, you will come down, Joe Biden. You will be brought so low. An elderly man to be as shamed as you shall be. God says, I will shame you. I will expose you. I will tell them all in detail what you did. Witness testimony will come against you. It will be heard in detail what you did. What you like, what you are like. Trump, you will be the same. You will be naked right next to him. Detailed testimony. I said that evidence was coming out. Evidence that no one is going to argue with. This evidence, I see it bursting out from under the ground the way... When there is a fissure, when there is a volcano, when there is a crack in the earth and that lava has decided I'm coming out, I see it coming out like that, drilling its way out from under the earth, drilling its way out from under the White House lawn. It's like a drill bit 
as if someone who was underground had a, a drill bit machine. There's a machine with a very big spinning head and I see the White House lawn churning the grass, chopping the perfect grass, spinning off, flying, claws of grass flying as some kind of thing digs its way out from under the lawn. And I see the White House sitting there and this big machine is poking its way out from under the soil. That's how the evidence is going to come out. More evidence than you want to see, America. More than some of your hearts are ready to deal with. You want the truth, you will get the truth. You want the truth, you always want to claim where's the proof, you'll get proof. You'll get proof until you throw up with it. You'll get detail until you can't stand it. And then you will know that God is not mocked. You will sit in silence as your gods are made naked. And after that, the grave. Then you will know, I said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is the word of the Lord. I am God alone and you worship me only. That is the word of the Lord. People cannot stay away from that ministry. The ministry begins to trend like nobody's business, but the people do not know that there is a defiled covenant, a defiled spiritual wickedness with evil powers taking place beneath taking place beneath the pulpit to capture their souls and kill them. The Lord revealing that some of these pastors make covenants with beings under the sea and that they tithe their members' blood to these beings. So a few accidents here and there, a few car accidents and a few strokes and heart attacks, nothing that people will notice. Illuminati pastors here in the United States, God naming them and their acolytes whose eyes are dipped in filth and who cannot see anything. What are your reasons for naming this person? Did God really speak to you? And, and, and have you prayed for them? As if the Lord called me to pray for defilement. The Lord rejects something and say that he will judge it, but you want to go. Even those who come here, TB Joshua mind slaves. God has struck him out of the earth because the Lord says he is corrupted and defiled. That he was working with the principality of the dragon. The dragon, the most deadly of them all. Satan himself. God struck him out of life. But the women who love him still come here weeping for Tammuz. She's talking about TB Joshua. What, what is she saying? I hope she will explain. The idols are judged and people go to the grave of what God has rejected and continue to weep and mourn for them. These pastors will not be arrested and made naked in the street. What God is showing is that we will hear so much about what they had done that it will be as if they were naked to the skin in front of us. This is a civilized society. No one's going to bring a pastor actually outside naked and the cops stand there with him naked. The way that the woman who was caught in adultery came out naked and they dragged her with no covering before Jesus trying to trap him and get him to condemn her. 
their sins will be brought out in such detail that God has said we will grow sick. He said we will go sick in the belly. And that sickness will be having to realize how much you loved filth and how much you defended the filth until God finally had to bring the filth out on TV and show you the crying victims that your filth had touched. And woe unto you when you see those things and you open your mouth to still make an excuse for those people. There may be some people in other jurisdictions where the pastor will be caught with someone's wife and dragged out naked because in other cultures they do that. They will drag you out naked from the house. An angry husband will drag you out naked in front of the whole village to expose this is your man of God. Perhaps a husband who doesn't go to the church, but his wife goes and his wife is addicted to going because the pastor is her second husband, her covering father. A husband's wrath is not easily appeased. He will drag that man into the town square and everyone will have the cell phone out in these places where they do that. Uploading it to the cloud, to Facebook and Twitter. They use these things in other countries as well. The shame of the known, the well-known, the super well-known, the who's who, even if they have retired, even if they have died, like Ravi Zacharias, will come out and woe to you, church, if you still dare to try to defend it. God will deal with you very strongly when victim testimony comes out and you try to mute those victims, go and watch the prophecy called the end of the way of the wicked. God says that when these rapes come out, these sexual molestation testimonies begin to come out, whether it's in the church or outside, woe to you that tries to make the victim small. Woe to you that tries to make the victim quiet. Woe to you when you hear that people have been hurt sexually that people in positions of power, people in positions of leadership have abused the power, abused the influence, abused the leadership. And the victim finally finds the courage to come out and then you begin to call it a money grab. They're confessing because they want a money grab from the Hollywood star. They're confessing because they want a money grab from the politician, from the pastor that you have pinned up on the wall of your mind. You are deceived. Woe unto you who do this who know that those who commit sins against the innocent, the vulnerable, and those who trust them because they are leaders, they offend against God in what they are doing. They offend against God by standing in the pulpit and having sexual scandal after sexual scandal come out, and then they come and they weep fake fat tears in front of you, and then you give them absolvement. You absolve them of the crime. You tell them it's okay, pastor. We all stumble. I myself don't judge you. One of the things that the Lord said in that prophecy, the end of the way of the wicked, the Lord said, you that excuses the adultery of the pastor, when adultery comes to your 17 year marriage, you better not say a word to your wife who is easing her needs with the 25 year old tutor that she got to teach your children. You better not condemn her. You better show her the same loving acceptance that you are willing to extend to pastors who desecrate their robes and bring the name of Jesus Christ into befiled, defiled, befoulement 
and disrepute that cause those who are outside of the faith to curse our God because his people can't keep their clothes on. Woe to you. The way you love the pastor's sin, you better love your husband's sin when he cheats. You better not condemn your child when they are caught in immorality because you defended the immorality of the pastors.